With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise podcast. It's time for a special edition of the of Remember This Crap. Not only do we have a, uh, a third member of the crew today, but we are remembering this collapse in honor of the uh, David Ross's last ride, the 2023 Chicago Cubs. <laughs> we are going to compare and contrast the choke of the 2023 Cubs with other famous collapses in history. And I don't know what order you're going to hear these in, but there's going to be a companion version of this uh, with earlier collapses um, with our good friend Hockey Night. He didn't want me to call I called him by his name last time. He didn't like that. So what are we supposed, what are we supposed to call him? Well, he's hockey night, but if we're talking baseball, I believe it's fully croisin. Fully croisin. He doesn't have Although nearly I, as much of brand cash it with that one, but you know, whatever. Say, Either he, doesn't one. Keep, he doesn't keep that site up too well these days. It didn't, it didn't, but, it wasn't quite the uh, lightning in a bottle that hockey night was because of circumstances that existed around the time of hockey night, I would say, but yeah. So buddy forklift. That one we're going to start with the uh, the the mother of all the 1969 Cubs. Uh, Wish my dad was still around here. That one. Well, instead of your dad, you got to settle for forklifts instead, because that his his old balls were in Wrigley Field during that season, whereas the rest of us weren't alive. Weren't even around. No, he could lie to us. We wouldn't have any idea if he's telling the truth or not. Uh, But tonight we are going to start with the uh, with Don Baylor's fabulous 2001 Cubs team, and. uh, Joining uh, Mike Donahue and me is uh, another f- friend of the podcast, uh, Mike Presnowski. Pres, how are you? I'm doing well, Andy. This is somewhat of like a, a bat signal for me. When I hear Cubs chokes, I, I, I when I heard that you were going to be doing this, I my antenna immediately went up on stuff that need to relive and possibly pass out drunk over. So the, uh, the, the the idea behind this was, as the uh, 23 Cubs were careening into the ditch, I kept seeing parallels to the 2004 Cubs. 
and uh, that's what started this thought. So we should compare it to that, and thought, no, let's not just compare it to that. Let's compare it to all of them. There's a whole litany. There's one big difference between the 2023 Cubs and the 2004 Cubs. The 2004 Cubs were actually good. Ooh, and then the flip side is that they were just unlikable, whereas this team kind of likable actually. But we'll get. I mean, you know, I'm just not the push the narrative. Just yeah. interesting. Except the manager and the right third baseman. Um, yeah, they were good. <laughs> Got a shot. Uh, but anyway, the uh, the 2001 Cubs. Of course, we we have remembered this craps on the 2001 Cubs, 2004 Cubs, and the 2009 Cubs. Uh, but but never stopped us from rehashing stuff before. So why would it why would it stop us now? Although if you want to uh, stop the pod, podcast right here, and go listen to all three of those. And you can come back in like nine hours, <laughs> and then you can just pick this one up. I don't want to brag, but I feel like our 2001 one was one of our finest works because there was a lot of weird shit that happened that year. And it was a fun year because it's a rare season in which the Cubs did not suck from April through, well, at least through August. I mean, I admire the, I admire the, the uh, 2001 Cubs attempt to uh, break the momentum by uh, asking Osama bin Laden to perpetrate a terror attack in New York. To give them a few days off so they could yeah. regroup. I like if you it's good hustle. It's not, not felt... good. I mean, it was bad. You know, objectively, right. objectively, it's bad. One of the you know, but I uh, still. But Andy McPhail has when, connections that we didn't even know about. When you compare, it was bad. But sometimes I wonder when you compare it to that lead changing three run walk off to Preston Wilson a week earlier. Nah, maybe I shouldn't compare. But yeah. Well, they were what a game and a half out at that point when the pause happened. But or they have yeah. a wild card spot. They um, so the one thing that like when we've talked about it, Andy, the two thousand one Cubs for those of us that like were not around in sixty nine, and really kind of came into consciousness like nineteen eighty is that the Cubs were so bad for so many years, and then like eighty four came out of nowhere, and they went all the way and went to the playoffs for the first time in thirty nine years, and then went back to sucking. And then eighty nine, they they came out of nowhere and went to the playoffs, and went back to sucking, and then um, it felt like we're not going to talk about ninety five because that was an aberration strike related until two thousand one, and this really is more of a negative point, but. Until 2001, we had never actually seen the Cubs legitimately complete, you know, compete for the postseason and then fade. Right. They either, there were two instances, 84 and 9, where they competed and they closed the deal. And 1995 accepted every other season, they were, you know, fucking toast before Labor Day. So it was strange because, like, I remember, like, arguing with people on message boards in 2001. Mike, what were you born? You're, like, seven years old at this time, right? I, I, I was born in 94. 2001 okay. Cubs were, like, the first Cubs team that I was, like, consciously aware of. And, like, I'm sorry. But, but, but hey, it was a fun season, though. It was. You're it was right. one of it Sammy's was. Was good best, teams. you know. Yes. Yeah. Well, it was, you know, it, if you want to look for the most ridiculously um, – successful offensive season by an individual you'll find it in that season with sammy he carried the team on offense which it was the steroid era so it was hard to really focus on that it was just as far as we knew the cubs were legitimately in contention they got off to a good start they just uh yeah it was it was strange but what i was annoyed about the being on the message boards was i was like 
oh, the Cubs always choke. And I was like, asshole, they don't choke. They just don't mm-hmm. compete. But usually if they're there, they're there. And if, you know, I'm only talking like two instances at that point in you know, 20 years. But so it was, it was kind of bittersweet to actually see them. Uh, and it's fair to call it a collapse, Andy, right? I mean, you know, you've probably got the numbers in front of you. See the, the trends, the high points. You know, it was, it, in spite of the fact that it was a one-man show on offense, you know, it was a, it was not like a smoke and mirrors. So. They, um, so on September 10th, they beat the Braves, but that broke a one, two, three, four, five. The Braves or the Reds? The Braves. Oh, no, you're right on the 10th. The 10th, they beat the Reds. Um, they had, they had just been swept by the Braves. They had lost five in a row Ooh. and six yes. out of seven. And they had fallen from, let's see, they had fallen six games out in the division. Yep. They were in third place. And, look that shit up on top. Um, and they, in the wild card race, they would have been one, they were third. Um, game and a half behind the Giants, so they were still they were right. still in the pennant in the yeah. playoff chase. Um, let's see, they they were fading. We just didn't want to accept it. Oh, we knew it was happening, and so because I remember thinking, you know, they need a few well, days here, off. I'll pl- I'll point to you where the collapse kind of began, and it's like when the calendar flipped from July to August, August first when they traded. They woke up. Roof. Is that what you're well, he fi- that motherfucker finally showed up mm. after hemming and hawing. But uh, they were they were in first place on August first with a four and a half game lead, eighteen games over five hundred on August first, and um, the rubber match of the series on August second was one of the three. There were there three games that punctuate this whole collapse, and we did talk about it when we went over two thousand one, but. The rubber match on the uh, on the third or, or on the second on Thursday, that was a game where you'll see that former Cub Chuck, Chuck McElroy was the winning pitcher for the Padres. But that was the game where Jason Bray was just cruising. Don Baylor pulled him. Jeff Vasera, who had been fantastic all year, but was you know getting used a little bit too much, loaded the bases, and Ryan Klusko hit a uh, bottom of the eighth inning grand slam. It wasn't a walk off. Turned the game around, and I feel like that game. Boom. You know, you lose a game like that on the 1st of August. Mm-hmm. They didn't actually lose any in the standings that day, but uh, they never climbed any higher than four and a half in first place. Yeah, they actually had a six-game lead on as late as June 22nd. June. Yeah. When, I'm handsome, part. when handsome David Weathers. Um, well. No, that's not right. He was pitching for the John. Uh, right. Let's see, they lost he, that day. He would become a Cub that year, though. It's funny you mention that. Yeah. His arm was When I looked, out. I thought it was him. Uh, yeah, he's he, uh, he beat Kerry Wood. The day before, I remember John Lee had outdueled uh, Andy Bennis of the Cardinals. That's what got him up by six. Okay. Twenty-first. And th- th- there was a long stretch of that season where they were the best team in the National League, if I remember correctly, right? Could be. Well, it's hard to argue. I mean, that with a lineup like, I mean, this it's star-studded. Todd Hundley, Matt Stairs, and June twenty-second, Eric Young, Ricky Gutierrez, <laughs> wow. uh, All-Star, and 
former Cub and All Star Ron Coomer. Yeah. Um, Gary Matthews Jr. And um, Ron D. L. White. Yes. Or was he Ron Dell? That yep. was no. Whenever he was healthy, he was awesome. He was, and he was really he was incredible. Um. So some guy funny... named you, I, you guys were talking about how Sammy had like the his best season. I mean, come on. This is all he did. This is not, I don't Robert think Machado. I don't find any of this terribly impressive. He had three twenty eight with a four thirty seven on base. He slugged seven thirty seven. One point two. He had 64 homers and drove in 160 runs. Is that a lot? It didn't leave the National League that year because he didn't leave the National League any of the years that he had 60. He had 60 homers. That's right. Right. Here we go. Who had the second most RBI on the 2001 Cubs? Listeners in the show will know that I believe the Ricky Gutierrez, and it was like, it wasn't 100 behind, but it was like 66 maybe. It was 66, exactly. 94. Wow, he got within wow. 94 RBIs. Yeah, almost 100. That almost 100. That's second. Uh, Matt Stairs drove in 61. But, I, I, you know, I kind of feel that wasn't that much of an anomaly, right? That's the year the year before Biroy took the Giants to the suit. Like, this is, like, really in the thick of all of that. So, it probably, there are probably other teams, maybe. I don't know. Well, here's the thing, right? Yeah, so maybe. You're in the steroid era. Why did the Cubs only have one? Right. Give Sam yeah. some help. Load no, no. up some of the other guys. I mean, come on. Yeah. 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 So Rondell only was only only played ninety five games, but he had three oh seven with a three seventy one on base and a five twenty nine. So he had a nine hundred OPS, seventeen over fifty RBIs in ninety five games. If he stays healthy, Cubs probably oh. win the World Series and don't even lose a playoff game. That's well, right. Nine eleven. Because their pitching happen. staff also very exactly. That yeah. that little flare that Luis Gonzalez hit to win the World Series that could have been Rondell White. Yeah. That's right. So the funny thing too, I noticed, and I remember, but I looked it up that in the month of May, this Cubs team they they suffered a five, six, seven, nine game losing streak, immediately followed by a twelve game winning streak. That's very. Uh, so, what year? Uh, what year were the Bre- the Brewers start? They start thirteen and zero, and then lost twelve in a row. Yeah. Oh, 87 with the Dale Swain walk-off. But I, it almost reminds me of this past season Cubs teams where they would have stretches where they were, they had multiple stretches where they looked really shitty and looked really good. But uh, Let's see. I mean, it's it, it, one of my favorite uh, Cubs teams, the Owen Cubs, because I love bums. And, man, they had a lot. Oh, <laughs> we didn't talk about it. So, um, why was All Star and former Cub uh, Ron Coomer? Why was he playing so much at third base? He was because, supposed to uh, just be the backup corner infield guy, right? Because uh, the, uh, the the Bush Stadium, uh, whatever, chewed up Bill Miller's leg. Yeah, the tar- that tarp was responsible Jeez. for two fatalities. Right, it ate Vince <laughs> Coleman in the '85 World Series, right? '87, '87. Yep, Series. yep. And it and it it destroyed. It shattered. Bill Miller's knee you, when he was ripping it up, leading he was leading the <laughs> National League in hitting at he was? Uh, 295. Well, probably not leading it. You, he won a you can make a case that for the Red Sox. He did. This could hit him. Can make a case for three, including another Cub with Nomar in 05. <laughs> well, I had the gro- man. If the tarp hit him, man, that's bad. Was yeah. that in St. Louis? That was, that was in St. St. Louis. Louis. Uh, um, are we going to blame the tarp for taking out the the? Um, it, it, it did it. Did it vault Addison Russell into that guy's nachos? 
Do you remember that when he destroyed the nachos and then the Cubs, I, the Cubs sent new yeah. nachos to the fans? The broadcast, yeah, I kept focusing uh, yeah, on Yeah, I remember that. So six games up June 22nd, four and a half up where they could have been five and a half up August 1st. But again, in the in the wild card era, a team that's uh, 18 games over 500 on August 1st, that's a, you know, it's not an epic collapse, but Jesus, guys. What did they do from that point? Sixty. They were sixty-two and forty-four, and then from that point, they, uh, they were twenty-six and thirty. A couple of things happened when they uh, when they got Fred McGriff. Uh, Don Baylor uh, instituted the all bunt offense. They just bunted all the time. He always did that though. He loved to bunt. He used to bunt. He, he used to bunt. Guy he used to bunt. Managed he... in Colorado, the place where you should never bunt ever, because you always have the potential of like a nine-run inning. Don't give away any outs, and he loved yeah. to bunt there. And then he loved to bunt Wrigley, too. The two most awesome friendly ballparks of that time. And just, just, he, it's given out every once in a while. We got to get the, he was obsessed with scoring first. He would, he would bunt, yeah, in the first inning, EY, Eric Young, who had, a, remember, Eric Young had a very good 2000 when the Cubs sucked, and he didn't really step up in 01 when they actually could have used him. But regardless, EY let off, Gutierrez bet second. And whenever Eric Young got on base in the first inning, Baylor almost, Without fail, would have Gutierrez lay one down. That would not happen today, thankfully. So and I don't... Um, <laughs> it's funny. It jumps off the page at you. Uh, if you Eric Young played 15 years in uh, Major League Baseball, and if you look at his uh, sacrifice hits column, you can find 2001 pretty fast because 15 sacrifice hits. Sacrifice. Oh, yeah, that's like, yeah, that's that's technically right. what it goes into the scorebook yes. as as a sacrifice okay. hit when you sack bunt. Yeah, as a because so, there's also many, a sacrifice fly column next to it that so you do not confuse. Can you tell me? I'm, I'm curious now that you stumbled across this. How many good years had? Because it was good years who would actually be giving himself up. I oh, feel that's right. Like. He would have been the Jay Bell in that uh, instance. Jay Bell. Jim Jay Bell. Seventeen. Yeah, seventeen well, outs. Um, the Cubs uh, had, almost won a week. The Cubs had four players with at least uh, ten sacrifice bunts. Four non-pitchers. Well, two non-DH era. Um, okay, Kerry Wooden and well. uh, oh, and the, oh, Julian Tavares. That was the year of his anti-gay tirade, right? Yeah, it that was. Run. It was. Oh boy, ten-game winner that year. He's a decent number four starter for him, though. Otherwise, but, um, oh, but Miguel Cairo, who we know didn't make the whole season because uh, they lost him on waivers. Yep. Um, to the Cardinals. Mm. Uh, he had nine. It's funny, though. I remember people made like a, uh, oh. well, he had a pretty, he wasn't terrible. 285, 364, 374. Not, uh, Miguel not going to ever get to second base. Yeah. Very Matt Merton-esque. But, uh, good savvy by Miguel. He, man, he, he, he jumped ship and uh, landed on the team that made the playoffs instead. Yep, although they got knocked out by the oh, Diamondbacks. Guess for this, of course, this happened. So with the Cubs, he slugged uh, 374 in 66 games. With the Cardinals, he slugged 576 in 27 games. That's oh because here's the difference, right? The Cubs only put, pumping all the steroids into one guy. The Cardinals, right. everybody else. Like Dave Duncan time was for like, your, time for your Perfect. B12 shot, right? Bill. He's like Dave Duncan had a whole row of like the same key copy. He would just well, give was, one of them. This is my medicine cabinet. Yeah. I mean, didn't they literally? Wasn't it Dave McKay that was in charge of the 
medicine cabinet. Was it McKay? Yeah. And then yeah, he right. came Duncan, to the Cubs. Duncan was the pitching he was the coach for his yeah. coach. And he didn't. Yeah. yeah. He, they didn't give him the medicine cabinet. Maybe, maybe he gave some to Alfonso Soriano. That's I right. remember I was say Alfonso the, Soriano was, improving a little more. That was the thing that David McKay was supposed to do was turn Alfonso Soriano into an outfielder. That was his. Oh, man. So uh, I just just to sort of put it in context between that Klesko homer on the second uh, of August when the Cubs could have gone up, I guess four or five and a half. A month later, they're no longer in first place, but they uh, they're still sixteen games over five hundred. Seventeen games over five hundred on Monday on late. I guess it's Labor Day. Now it's the Preston Wilson home run. That's like that's another one you have the, you know, you have the win in your hand. Uh, and Tom Gordon comes in and fucks it up. That fucker, he missed the first month of the season that year, too. He signed a contract when he wasn't, you know, in position to in position to play. But even then, it's for the division, after that game, they were uh, still only three games out. So, yeah, they're in a wild card. They're there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And what happens, you know? After nine eleven, there's the uh, the walk off. Then, too, that's the Brady. That's the that's the compliment to Preston Wilson. Uh, September eighteenth. By then, they're seven back. Kind of felt like it was over on that one, and there's still like three weeks to play. And then we didn't even get into. You talked about Miguel Cairo blasted for the Cardinals. You mentioned Gary Matthews Jr. Didn't he show up in a game like even later in the season when the Cubs were still hanging on in Pittsburgh? And that guy didn't do shit, hit a homer like late. It was just the terrible month of September right. for all Americans, but especially yes. Cub fans. <laughs> yeah, so this was so the Cubs God. when the season paused, they were it was a game at, against the Reds at Wrigley. When they resumed eight days later, they just picked up the schedule where it was, right? Yep. That was a game with Sammy running out with the flag. That's right, and they lost that game. No, that was the first. That had to be the first home game, right? First. Oh, oh, they were in Cincinnati when nine yeah, eleven. The they were in Cincinnati. That was the Brady Clark walk off against them. Of the the makeup. Oh, you're right. I got that confused. You're right. Okay. Why did I? No, we're, they were in Chicago. They were in Chicago on on September 10th. When they won, because like I feel like Roosevelt right. Brown had like right. went off, and then, and then they had eight days right. off, and then they made up those games at the end. I got you. Okay, so they were still playing the Reds by coincidence, but they were in Cincinnati. Well, and and was that an originally scheduled game yes, against the Reds? Okay, it would have been. And then, you know, in that game, like Todd Walker hit a homer, put him up. And there was those. You know, they're barely hanging on, and then just like with Preston Wilson, fucking Brady Clark comes up. This time it's Farnsworth on the mound, not Tom Gordon. And there's two outs though, so get the guy out, we win by a run. And there's two guys on. Brady Clark hits like a a, a fly to right, just the, not even that well hit. They just 
lands right inside the foul line. I, I don't know who the right fielder, but Sammy, who was just so bulked up that he was really not much of an outfielder. <laughs> he was a really, he was a decent outfielder in the mid nineties, right? Indy, or at least as far as uh, getting to a ball and you know throwing it back in, but yeah, getting uh, the ball and then throwing home when he had no chance to get well, yeah. it three quarters of the way up the screen. That was what's what's the one famous stat about him in the one year with the White Sox where he had double digits in homers, Everything. doubles, triples, <laughs> outfield assists, errors, errors yes, grounded into errors, caught yeah. stealing, stolen bases. Yeah, and I, I think that his defense, if if he would have had it like. I don't ever feel like I blame Sammy for that. And I wasn't always the hugest. I just think it was a fluky fucking hit. But God damn it, Farnsworth, strike the motherfucker. It's Brady Clark. Brady Clark. You guys remember Brady Clark? He later shows resurfaced with the Brewers. Brewer star too. Yep. Yeah. So, like, you get that motherfucker out, you win that game. You know, it's just like, there's just too many crushing defeats here. The San Diego game with Clesco, Preston Wilson, Brady Clark. And then, like, Sarge Matthews Jr., a few days later, just, uh, it felt like it was over after that Reds game. Like, hey, you know, after 9-11, there's baseball again. Like, ah, oh, maybe they shouldn't have come back. So that, that's the weird thing, right? We all remember, well, at least you and I remembered, Sammy hit that home run in the first game back. Billy Williams had the, had the little American yeah. flag in his pocket and gave it to Sammy as he rounded. That was the 27th of September. It's against Houston, Yeah. <laughs> This is not the Mike Piazza walk-off at Shea. This is two and a half weeks. This is over two weeks later. I still Uh, because there was everybody when every when and I know why because every team as they finally went home for their first game. Yes, it was. Everybody was all amped up and you see everybody screamed along with the anthem and people crying. You know that's why. But it's funny and over time you just assume (laughs) that happened when they first got back. No, we had to wait half a month for that to happen. True. Yeah, I, I gotta say that is like, as someone who probably didn't pay as much attention to that era as you guys did, it's one to look that you look back on and get a little confused by because you know you have O three where they go eighty eight and seventy four and win the division, but then you have these two years right around there O one and O four where yeah. they don't even make the playoffs and don't really come particularly close to winning the division. And right. it's like, what the hell happened in 03 where that was just good enough With to win the division? Yeah, that's a good point. It was um, yeah. Jim Evans, Torres um, pulled an oblique in the home run derby at Comiskey. 02. That was like the 03. thing. That, 03. that was 03. 03 Dusty, at Comiskey, Dusty yeah. was managing the National League because he was the he, even, he had been the, the National League manager in the World Series a year before. He managed on a different team. But that really happened. Edmund's yeah. second half was terrible. And he hurt himself in the home run derby. <laughs> Tough shot. I like it. That'll work. Well, that had to be the beginning of the buzz of all the people saying, oh, you shouldn't send your stars to the home run derby because it will through with them. Tell but, that to Sammy. Who basically, his entire season was the was the home run derby was like the highlight of Sammy's year, and then the rest of it was just, you know. Correct. He had the, yeah, he, yeah. There are balls in Atlanta that are still traveling. From that, but that's that's the only derby he won. I don't even remember, but I only won that one. Atlanta Turner Field, I'm guessing, yeah. obviously. Yeah, it's, it's a football stadium now, but there's still a baseball like orbiting it that Sammy hit. Oh, they didn't <laughs> knock it down. No, it's a college uh, football stadium now. Same no. with uh, the Rangers or Stadium in Texas. That's awesome. Whatever school, the ballpark. Bill, Bill Curry started the football program. There, remember? 
Oh, Curry from Alabama? Like, Baltimore told you to see an NFL films, like, go to death to talk about Dick Buckus. All right, 1990, um, Sammy Sosa with the White Sox. 26 doubles, 10 triples, 15 homers, 32 stolen bases. Wow. He had double-digit walks. 33. Compared to only 150 strikeouts. Back then, of course, that's a uh, lot. 10 double plays. Uh, did I say 16 cut stealings? So yeah, I mean, he was good for, and his OPS was even double digits, ninety-two. It was ninety-two. And how and how old is Sammy that year? Uh, he is uh, air quotes twenty-one. And honestly, a guy with his speed, those double plays actually probably speak more to how hard he was hitting the ball, and that rather than just rolling over, like you know, like. Because he was fast, well, so if he's hitting double plays, he's probably hitting rockets at guys. That he are was really, plays. he was really raw back then, and he would do the home run hop on ground balls, Out of the which th- would slow him down, and it would, it, they just get him at first on on double plays. Sammy, don't do the hop when it's a grounder. What? Like no. And he was still he would blow kisses to the camera after double plays. It was great. It, it, you know, it's kind of oh, nuts that the 2001 Cubs only finished five games out at the end of the division like they really was there's so like they were like back six seven games most of september but like when the season wound up like so then it just hmm. makes those games that they blew you know well no you know what more. happened it's literally true right they the minute they really fell out of contention guess who took off like a shot the the astros no when the cubs were like okay well we're out of it now Fred McGriff. Oh, all of a sudden, Fred couldn't oh, yeah. couldn't make it uh, out. Yeah, yeah. That son of a bitch. <laughs> I can't believe they let him in the Hall of Fame. Actually, here I have it on authority that Andre doesn't want them to take the logo off. He doesn't want to change the logo from the Expos to the Cubs on his hat. He wants them to let him in. He's going to rip the Fred McGriff plaque off the wall and just and just take it home with him. Fuck that guy. Didn't get behind that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we're about to be moving off of 2001, but one thing I just wanted to mention Final thoughts. at the, the end of all this is that it was notable for a big season from Sammy, but also John Lieber won 20 games that season. Thanks for mentioning that. Yep. That would be the last time a Cub pitcher would win 20 games until Jake Arrieta in 2015. One thing that you guys have brought up on previous Remember This Craps is that Anytime a Cubs pitcher wins 20 games, yep. he comes You're back to the Cubs yep. later in his career as a lesser form of himself. Yep. That might not be true with John Lieber because during his first stint with the Cubs, if you take that entire four-year stint, oh. his ERA during that time from 99 to 02 was 4.03. In 2008 with the Cubs, it was 4.05. Sample size, Mike. <laughs> Here's the thing. When he came back I in 08, he was, he had a much bigger pair of pants. And that, yes, know, that's true. I mean, he had a big ass the whole time, but it was really I, big. I, I know it's anecdotal. It didn't support what Mike said because he's cheating with the small symptoms. But yeah, and the eye test was like, holy shit, he's just uh, not good anymore. No, I'm surprised his ERA wasn't seven or eight, though, because I just felt like he was he was going to get hurt out there. Well, weirdly, he, he had a better ERA in 02 the next year. Than he did no one during the twenty game, right. the twenty one season. It's, it's funny. Smaller said he got hurt that year. Finally, 
Yeah, no, two. Yeah. Right. Remember yeah. why yep. he got hurt, right? Double header. The Dusty had him go back out after a long stretch, right? Well, it was in Dusty. We can blame everything on Dusty, but we can't blame this on Dusty. Uh, wait, right. yeah, was it Bruce Kim at the time. No, it was uh, the, they no. made him. He came back after, yeah, I think it was Baylor it after the May, rain delay. Yeah, they had like a ninety-minute rain delay, and he had him come out and finish the game. And then his he pitched poorly for a couple of games, and then he was gone because he. Had but I pre I appreciate Mike uh, Mike I appreciate Mike make, uh, making the John Lieber reference. It was a, a fine year for John Lieber. Always one of my favorite pitchers because he worked fast. He's still a terrible when I coach. Player. Still, he didn't win that I, trade. Well. Well, but like when I coach, I, I make John Lieber references. Brand you got a kid that works fast and throws strikes. Yeah, it reminds me of John Lieber. So. Well, the, one other thing I want to bring up with John Lieber, you know, so he he gets injured at the end of O two. Do you guys think that if he stays healthy throughout O two, that they have some consideration in bringing him back no. for O three at all, or? Because I, I think it was a, he was going to be on the shelf for so long. He did come back and have some success. He was on that Yankees team that blew the three nothing lead against Boston. He was a starter in that rotation. Like so, he yeah he did. He was still a good pitcher between when he left and came back. I don't think he would have been healthy enough in 03, though. And they had you know yeah. the problem in 03 wasn't their rotation, but for the fact that I mean, Matt Clement was too much of a pussy to come in from the bullpen. But. If he comes back, true. If he comes back, Sean Estes isn't on the team. Nobody, yeah. says, nobody wins yeah, that exactly. game no, against Estes the Reds until last week of the season. And the Cubs don't make the playoffs. Yeah, all right, so imagine in, all those wonderful games Huey would have missed out on. So oh, one, one last thing um, from 01. So on uh, the Cubs, uh, the most games they were ever out of first place uh, happened on September 24th. They fell nine games out. Uh, it was the uh, fourth loss in a row of what would eventually be five. So that's pretty much it. They're toast. From that moment on, here are Fred McGriff's stats. Oh boy. He had 326 with a 400 on base, a 791 slug for a 1.191 OPS, six homers, and 14 RBIs. Uh, probably made the whole thing. Just as soon alone. as it was awful, it was time for Fred to make his stats look great. Thanks. Ridiculous. Oh my God. Um, there's, I mean, I guess the whole idea here is we're, uh, we're supposed to compare what happened then to what happened. Eventually, then. we'll have to do it with like a Google poll, though, because Frank's not, you know, when we're done. I mean, like, where would this rank when we're done? Right now, it's number one because it's the only one we've talked about. <laughs> yeah, it's the worst. Oh, is that what we're doing? At the end, we're going to rank all I don't know, the, right? Uh... I think we all know which one we're going to vote on is the worst, but like, let's, let's discuss it. That's why we're here, right? right? Or maybe which one is the most comparable to. 2023. Okay, we can do well, both. We can do we can do it as we go. We can do this part. We can do yeah. worse. Which one was worse? We'll do this for every one of them. Okay. 2023. Yeah. 2001. That's right. It's a good tournament. All right. Uh, and then look look what's next. Yeah, it's gonna be tough to top that one. That's true. Although I know one that people will argue for for um um 2001 was worse than. 2023. I wasn't talking about 23. I was talking about the one that comes after 2001. I think. No, what I was saying, I think what we can do as we go through this is we can compare. Oh, oh yeah. Was yeah. this worse than last oh, than sure. this year we just lived? I'm through. sorry, I, I misunderstood. Um, as far as the choke, and I the boy. reason I think the choke is worse is that this was a like the the 23 Cubs weren't in first place. Yeah. 
you know, they, collapses much. They, didn't yeah. they got off to a good start. Then they went to Oakland and beat the shit out of the A's. And then they were awful for like a full month. Yeah. And they spent the okay. rest of the time just like, you know, hanging out in the, trying to get to those three wildcard spots where these Cubs yeah. were, um, they were in go for it mode. I mean, come on. They, were they had right. all kinds of superstars. Yeah. Michael Tucker. <laughs> hey, he was a trade deadline, trade deadline acquisition. That's so was Delano DeShields. Fred Griff. Um, and then, I mean, yeah, both- we haven't even talked about. I mean, when on deadline day, when Ed Lynch is wheeling and dealing, and he's he's putting the Cubs over the top with trades for Felix Heredia and Matt Karchner. That's 1998. Sorry, 1998. Yeah, 01 was Tucker Delano DeShields. See, oh, 98, right. th- those fuckers closed the deal, so That's you know it. they're not part of this discussion. Oh, but Felix, I got, I got distracted. Doesn't Here's matter. why I got they distracted. Felix was still there and still terrible. Oh, God, 2001, the ERA was 6.17 in 48 <laughs> games. Yeah, you're right. I got, I'm a little drunk. Wow. Um, oh, my God. 35 innings. 48 35 innings in 48 games. Oh, my God. I, I would not have guessed that Herrera was still on that team three years after his disastrous arrival. Wow. He struck out 28 guys. Those 28 guys should have been immediately released. Hmm. Oh, but 01 was the Todd Van Poppel resurgence. Uh, oh, Todd Van Poppel resurgence. He actually pitched better in 2000. Oh, he was like emerging as their closer. He was, wasn't he? Yeah, he was 4-1 yeah. with a 252 ERA in 59 games. 75 innings. He only gave up 63 hits. Struck I, out 90. only walked 38. The Cubs, really got, that, the Cubs get the only good years out of Todd. Yeah, I, I'd be willing to bet that Todd Van Poppel's best years are with the Cubs. I have to ask you guys, was there like a, a little bit of a 2015 feeling going into 2001 in that like, no, you had, no, they, that's no, a good, I'm glad you brought I, this I was, up. I, they were building to nothing. This was right. a ragtag bunch of like shitty veterans. Like they weren't even yeah. good ones. Even the guys, no. I mean, McGriff at least was a name when they got him. Everybody else, even the guys who were adding, they were plucking guys off the waiver wire. Just Mike, well, you just holes. mentioned Michael Tucker, Delano to yeah. The, the year before they were asked. I mean, Corey Patterson and, like, you know, did we, play in 2001. I, I was just going to bring up Corey Patterson because you did yeah. have a little bit of prospect type kind of. You raw, had... But, yeah, he was he was too raw, and they kind of he was pressed into surgery. He was actually called up in September of the year before. He was drafted 98. Like, you had Kerry Wood. You had some pieces, I guess. But, like, like going into the season, you didn't have any more optimism than you normally no. would just out of dumb spring April optimism, but they were coming off a 90 loss season in Baylor's first year. And then, you know, the next year they would go back in the shitter. It was a weird season, Mike. It's a good question. They were not building. It was out of the blue. Like I said, just like 84 and 89. And the difference was in 84 and 89, they closed the deal in two, one. We, we actually got to see them fade away for the first time. Uh, to put a button on the Todd Van Poppel observation. So, here are his ERA pluses in his career for the different teams. In five years in Oakland, 77. Three years with the Rangers, 75. Two years with the Reds, 74. One year with the Pirates, 82. One year with the Tigers, 45. Two years with the Cubs, 138. Wow. Got good use out of them there. Yeah, one did he fish himself like a new, uh, like a real contract out of those two years? He pitched after the wow. Well, you know, considering though, no matter what, it was all going to be short because Todd Van Poppel. I don't know if you, if you, if that's a name you'd recognize. Otherwise, but he was almost a celebrity in 1990, Mike. Because we've talked about it, Andy, because he was uh, 
he was the number one pick. He would have been the number one pick in the draft and actually as an 18-year-old basically tried to use his leverage to not get drafted. You'll like this. By the soon-to-be emergent Atlanta Braves. Yeah. But the Atlanta <laughs> Braves were ass. Oh, were, I feel, were, I feel ass. bad for they the Braves, at, too. Because remember who they had to settle for then instead of Todd Van Poppel? Was it like Chipper or somebody? Yeah, Chipper Jones. Jesus. <laughs> and then, they, of course, they, they already had Glavine and Smoltz and Avery that are just about to hit. And then, yeah. So Maddox would Poppel. join them soon. Yeah. But they were asked that the Braves were such ass in the eighties and the A's with La Russa, you know, they went they went three straight pennants, and that's where Van Poppel thought he could dictate where he'd go. And then he never quite materialized for them. I'm sure we talked about yeah. this. The uh, the Cubs first round pick, do you remember in nineteen ninety he pitched? Uh, oh Lance Dixon. Lance Dixon pitched three games for those for those the Cubs, year he right? got drafted. Yeah, yeah. the year he got drafted. Never, never came back. Never, never pitched again. Um the guy picked right after him. Also a 2001 Cup. Not Todd Van Poppel, though. Oh. Rondell White. They could have just picked Rondell. And then think about it. Rondell would have played his whole career on the grass at Wrigley. He'd probably be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. They could have had Rondell. Who was the asshole making the picks in 90? Jim Fry. You know that. Oh, that's right. I'm surprised they picked anybody. How many times did they miss their turn? We're up again, Jim. Well, and and Jim's playing bridge. He's busy. Who are we supposed to take? I think I remember this from one of the remember the remember this crap episodes that like wasn't was two thousand one or two thousand the year where like they had more Dallas Green draft picks on the roster. Okay, yeah. Well, the, day Ed, the day Ed Lynch got fired, Joe Girardi and somebody else. I mean, Joe had come back, but he was still an original Dallas Green draft pick. There was nobody that Ed Lynch had drafted that was on that day's roster, and he'd been in charge for six years. And Dallas Green had been gone for thirteen. So yeah, and that Man. day that that Lynch was finally sent back, and Joe Girardi was the uh, the only draft pick between the two of them. I believe that's right. I might be off, but more or less proves the point. I think. So yeah, no. To, to answer that question, we the two thousand one came out of nowhere, and then, you know, and that's how it always. Perfect. That's like to your point from before. That's how it always was in our lifetimes. Right. They never built They're anything. They up. just kept slapping guys on a team, and all of a sudden Not they'd until be good. 2014. And then that would, then yeah. they would convince themselves that that was going to work, and they could just they yeah. could try that again. And then, and then roll it back out the like next year. 83 Cubs, shit. 85 right. Cubs, shit. 84, shit. Right. one of the greatest teams in Cubs history. Right. Actually, yeah. the one exception when we were young were the 89 Cubs. Well, they should. You're right. The '88 only... Cubs had talent on it. They had six All Stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you no really doubt. did they feel like they All-Stars were getting pretty good. And but those were the Dallas Green yeah. picks, right. the Gordon Goldsberry picks that were. Mm-hmm. We we, we broke that down. It wasn't even Fry just that torched it. You're absolutely right. It was that was actually should have been a run up, uh, and we never knew it at the time. It's only in retrospect we autopsy. We're like Jesus Christ, like. Green had been gone for three years, and they still had that team, and it was just being cut out from under. So that that should have been it, but Jim Fry was so incompetent that he like robbed us of that before we even could truly appreciate it. I mean, that's, and and that, yeah, that's, that's, that's one, of the, one of the many things I find hilarious about <clears throat> Al Yellen is for our his whole life, basically, although he's old enough, he remembers the 69 Cubs. He's from, a the, from the DeRocher Cubs on. Like one of the things the Cubs suffered from was a refusal to ever just go, we need to just start over. 
We just got to tear this shit yeah. down and build it until up. 2012. Just, just wouldn't do it. So yeah, finally yep. Theo shows up and he does it. And, yep. and that motherfucker. Al waits yep. a year and a half and writes his infamous, how long must we wait, Theo? Right. Incredible. Yes. And the only Incredible. equivalent to that is Hub Arkish giving up his season tickets before the 2015 yeah. season. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had his whole life. Ah, oh, fuck it. They're never going to win. I missed the <laughs> two best years of our lives. Yeah. yeah. God. I, have a, I actually have a feeling somebody took those in bankruptcy court. I don't think he gave them. They were an asset he had to vest. Yeah. All right. Now on everybody's favorite team, the oh 2004 boy. Chicago Cubs. The opposite of the 2001 Cubs, right? Where the old one Cubs, you got one really good player, and then you have Kerry, you have a good pitcher, and you're just slapping things around it. Yeah. Here's the 04 Cubs playoff proven. Now to a point from the year before. All right. And it's just <clears throat> there's really good players on this team. Mm-hmm. This is gonna be great. And it wasn't how long even into the season where it was like, well, I guess there's at least we're still a wild card. <laughs> the, Cardinals, the, 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 the Cardinals had run out and taken off with the division. They did. They, they yeah. won 104 games or something. It was pretty crazy. And it was fun to see them never even have the lead in that year's World Series. Maybe it was cold comfort uh, for what happened. They were What's 105 that? and 57. Yeah, they did. They passed the Cubs like they were standing still. Yeah. It, it um, did suck, though, that, you know, with the NLCS being the Astros and Cardinals, one of those two teams was going to have to go to the World yeah, Series. It was terrible. It's, None yeah. of us was going to enjoy it. <laughs> But Mike, you know, it's funny to your point, like, so th- that concludes a six-year period right before that where the Cubs had two teams that had better records than the 03 Cubs. Um, well, 01 was equal. They were both 88 and 74. Oh, they were. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But they were they were sort of out of the blue. This was supposed to be another ramp up. But you're, I mean, like, the 03 team only won 88 games. But they made those uh, – they were mediocre until they got Ramirez, you know, at the trade deadline who came back. So that was a big piece for 04. And then Derek Lee comes in. And, you know, and then Nomar later in that year. So, like, between the two trade deadlines, between 03 and 04, a team that would in that time period, you know, go on to come within five outs of a pennant would just continue to get better on paper. And yet they never – yeah. So – because you're right, like opening day 03, a lot of holes. Mark Bellhorn is in that lineup. Corey Patterson yep. was not. Opening day 04. You had a Ramos Ramirez. You had Derek Lee. You had no Mark Short. Uh, not yet on opening day. No? No, he's still Alex Gonzalez. No. Oh, Traded right. for him. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. And then it was, yeah, yeah. My bad. My bad. Oh, but still, opening day, you at least have Ramirez and Lee in the corners. As opposed to Bellhorn and Hesop Choi. <laughs> well, I mean, ah, which was better? Really? Is it just a given that it's Lee and Ramirez? Yeah. Has Aramis has Ramirez Bellhorn's ever a switch hit hitter. home? Yeah, has he ever hit no, home runs from both sides of the place in a meaningless game in Milwaukee in 02? I don't think so. <laughs> Bellhorn hit this inexplicably long home run in Pittsburgh. Like, they have this like I don't know if it's the I don't know if it's a parking garage 
but there was some kind of, I guess it's just a big spiral thing for to get fans from the upper deck down. Yeah. And Bellhorn hit a right-handed home run that like rattled around on that like spiral thing. It was amazing. It was a bomb. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, you're right. So that's I, really, I just took my that's first. My memories of Mark Bellhorn are that. And then he, always, he was always wet. I never understood why he was always wet. Very like sweaty. Chase was always wet too, but yeah, Bellhorn was always wet. Um, the double flap helmet, because yep. can't remember Switch which hitter. one to grab, yeah. so we just put foot flaps on both sides. And then he was a uh, he was an 04 Red Sox, right? He he was. and Bill Miller were 04 Red Sox, I believe. Yeah, interestingly Theo enough, knew, Theo knew where to get winners. And he was getting around Jimmy Anderson. He was getting Mark Bellhorn. Jimmy Anderson, really, Pizza Boy. Yes, oh, this is Pizza Boy's. <laughs> this is Pizza Boy's year here. But to get back to the, the, you guys were making a point about how the like the 2001 Cubs, the 88 wins all of a sudden, and then in 03 they win 88 games, and it's enough to win it. The weird thing was, it's such an aberration in the Central. In 2000, the Cardinals went with 95. In 01, the Cardinals and Astros both won 93 games. In fact, the okay. Astros won the division because they won the head-to-head. Okay. And they and the Cardinals had to play in the had to play in the wild card game. The Cardinals still have a thing on their fence that they won the division that year because they tied. But they oh, really <laughs> Jesus! Uh, Those two thousand two, it took ninety seven wins. The Cardinals. Yep. Uh, then and then it's three, The Cardinals only won eighty five, and then 105. and o five a hundred. Of course, the yeah. Cardinals don't win the World Series in any of those years. And then in no. 2006, they went 83 83. Games. 83. And the Cubs pushed them into the playoffs. They did. Mm. Well, in 2011, they did too. But 2011 was also, yeah. it was the Cubs helping. And then the Braves, like the Braves could have clinched. Collapsing. Talk Collapsing. about a collapse. We should do remember this, remember this class for the Braves. <laughs> they could have like clinched the wild card like eight days in a row. And they just kept losing. And the Cardinals caught them on the final day. Unbelievable. It was like a 64 Phillies. Couple Worse than almost, yeah. Actually, I don't know if it's really eight. I remember thinking, oh, good, the Cardinals get eliminated today for several days. And they never did. And then they won the fucking World Series. So it is interesting to put the 04 Cubs in the context of a collapse because if you use the metrics that we used in 01, how many games were they up? I, they, like you said, they were never in the division. So you almost have to just go by like, League metrics, wild card metrics, what their record was. They 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 were underachieving all year. They, they were never what's the highest day? They were never more than 15 games over found. And so it, it's definitely a collapse, but it was really the entire season was coming on the heels as it did in 03. Just a year-long frustrating series of like going we talked about it, going back to the very opening weekend at Wrigley when like everyone's going nuts when like Dusty's batting guys out of order and a Lou and Sosa are going yard and it's like yep. the place is packed and it's an unseasonably warm day in April and it's like chill guys we got six months of this and it's like you know I mean so many things that so it's like not it is a collapse but like there are just so many dumb factors just like the players themselves were getting distracted uh they were such a good team on paper we've just we've just kind of gone over practically every position like well here's ow. here's why at, even at the time it felt like and because they did collapse because they choked they choked they literally choked a the playoff, playoff spot, spot away with a week they and a half to go yeah but so we, we put it into context the year before they 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 stagger into the playoffs with 88 wins and they play the 103 win braves mm -hmm. at, least Maybe. Wins, at least 100 okay the giants had more but yeah so here we yeah. are the next year they're better they have more talent than they had the year before. Yeah, the, the fucking Cardinals are going to win 105 games. We don't give a shit. 
We just we beat the Braves last year. You're like, just get right. in the playoffs. You'll beat With them. Our and pitches, then you get Nomar yeah. at the trade deadline, and you're like, yeah. aha, we're even better. Yeah. And then they played well after they got Nomar. And you're like, here we go. And then all of a sudden, yeah. it went. Yeah. This, to me, there were, like we were talking mm-hmm. about, this was the inspiration for this. There were things that would happen. There was like the, um, I mean, the, so like the loss in Atlanta where Sayat loses the fly ball um, <clears throat> is is basically the the I guess the equivalent of the uh, Ryan Dempster special in New York, right? Sure. In oh, only kinda, the fact yeah. that they come home then and they have this easy set where they're going to play, and they just beat the shit out of the Pirates in the first game. Yep. And then they only win like one more game on the homestand, which is exactly yep. what happened to the old uh, Pubs. The, they came back and they crushed the Reds and they couldn't score a run until right. the last day of the year when they were eliminated. And um, Chip quit. So that was, that's what we'll always well, really sure. remember. Was it, it was, that's, right. That was celebration with the fact that Chip Carey quit that day. I, I hope I don't trigger you guys by saying this, but as a 10-year-old at that time, I felt a little bit of sadness in hearing that Chip Carey was going away. If only... If only because, like, every Sammy Sosa memory I had at that time was with Chip Carey calling it and getting as loud as he did, swung on, belted. But somehow, and, you know, somehow you don't remember I, the surgery that your parents had to take you for for your eardrums <laughs> that were clearly punctured. Didn't like, um, didn't Dan Roan and Wayne Larrabee both get to call Big Sammy Homers because Chip was off doing studio work for Fox? I believe Dan Roan called that Orlando Merced game uh, on that Saturday in September of 98 when Sosa hit 60. And it might have been Larrabee that Sunday, too. I don't know. Chip, usually we get back for the Sunday game. I think Chip did because Chip was move over, Big Mac, you've got company. That's right. He was in the booth Ah, for 62 and 63 when I was in the bleachers. But the day day before was Dan Roan. And I I hated him enough by then already to, like, I wanted Sammy to do it for a lot of reasons. I wanted Sammy to hit it with Chip not there. Dan Roan on the call. Rob him. I wanted the milk toast Dan Roan, who I, as a kid, I grew up, you know, not growing up yeah. in Chicago. Dan Roan was the Illinois basketball play-by-play guy. Oh, really? Wow. Wait, you didn't have you didn't have cable and thus WGN out where your ex Dan Roan was the sports no, we guy. Had, in yeah, we had GM, but I did, I experienced Dan. I as a kid, I probably okay. was watching a lot of WGN. I never knew that. He was um, the regular television. Yeah. You, what channel was Illinois on back then? They were syndicated all over the state. So we right. watched them on okay. Channel 30. Uh, Interesting. I never knew that. That's how I That's who I knew who Dan Roan was. And then you would see him, I guess, if Dad was watching the uh, you know, I had to watch yeah. the farm. A bit, a bit, of, a, a bit of a Chicago institution, I guess. Uh, sure. But... <laughs> The, Sorry, uh, the, the 2004 Cubs did have, they were in first place as late as April 28th. Yeah. And, uh, they've, and the, their <laughs> nadir, they were 17 and a half games out on uh, September 8th. Well, it, like at what point after, like, say, the All Star break, was there ever a point where they were ever within, say, like four or five games of first place? No. Or would the Cardinals just build up that much of a cushion? where it was totally unattainable. The closest, they were four out on the 5th of July. And okay. then they lost one, two, three, four, five in a row, uh, which included a uh, losing the first two games of a series in St. Louis. Then they won. Carey beat Chris Carpenter on the Sunday to uh, cut the lead back to seven, get them back in it. Mm-hmm. For, most of, uh, for most of August, they were double digits behind, including 
15 games out on the 17th of August. Um, it's funny, I, I was telling you, I remember they played really well when they forgot Nomar. Yeah. They won four in a row to start. And then yep. they <laughs> then they lost three out of four and like six out of eight. I know, I know. It was a big about problem. They never got every time you felt here, like they were getting it together. Yeah. Then they here, here, here's the one game I just want to reference before we move on. And I know we talked about no four because I remember I was on the road in Bowling Green, Kentucky, watching this at like a Chili's bar next to the hotel I was staying at. They were only they were two games out on uh, going into St. Louis on June twenty second, and the first game they won. On the twenty second, I remember watching that. I was still in Chicago. It was after a softball game, and Ramirez Aramis, God love him, he um, he had a huge hit off of Isringhausen, like turned the game around, like the top of the ninth or top of the eighth. They were losing and they're winning. And the next day, they had a big lead. They ended up losing ten to nine. But I remember that game, watching that one from this bar in Bowling Green, next to my hotel. They would have actually been tied for first if they held on to that game. And that's another game where I remember Todd Walker hit a big homer. But at one point, Kent Merker, who would become a little more famous later in the year, couldn't fucking like, <laughs> couldn't fucking like, like get the outs or whatever uh, that he needed to get. And then he was bitching about the umpire. Yeah, the Cubs scored six runs in the sixth. They had a, uh, at one point, they had a nine to five lead and they frittered it away. And all I remember watching it on TV being feared. This is before Steve Stone, like, there's something about Merker. Like, he, he pitched like shit and then he just, couldn't get off the field bitching the umpire after he was pulled out. It was just like, that was just so symptomatic of that team. It was like, they just got so unhinged so quickly. They pissed the game away there because they just weren't kind of, I think Farnsworth was shit in that game, pissing that game away too. That's the point where the Cardinals really passed them. And I, and I distinctly remember watching. And then the next day, Ray Ordonez made like four errors in the first inning. And then he was crying in the clubhouse yeah, after the game because he that. felt so bad. Mm-hmm. That series right Ray there. Ardonia's That's when the Cubs should have fucking who... taken it. But they were too distracted with everything else. They like Aramis pulls the game out the night before. They should have swept that series. I'm not saying it's a different story, but you know, that wasn't meant to be. But very frustrating. That's the pain point. And then yeah, from there, Cardinals absolutely just blew by him. Not to be all Bob Hartley here, but was Bob Hartley also like a hockey coach? You're talking about the Chicago psychiatrist uh, yes. that lives in Edgewater yeah, so and took a very circuitous route to work? Find a couch, lay down. I'm going to. Uh... So, <laughs> Dusty, in 2002, famously, his team chokes away the World Series, in part to him jinxing them forever by giving Russ Ortiz the ball when he left. Um, Taking so they away blow game six and seven in that series and lose the World yeah. Series to the Angels. 2003, he's going to, you know, he's going to get the Cubs to the World Series. It's going to be. Um, Redemption. Famous. My name's Dusty, not Messiah. He basically would have been the Messiah had they won, had they closed out that game. Couldn't do it. They lose again the next day. He shows up in 2004, and he was, Dusty is, and he turned back into it later in his career. He was Mr. Cool, like, you know, but he had some red ass to him that year. And we remember we talked about this, how the, the 04 season started so weird. Like fans were way over, so over amped for April. That's what I mean, the opening games. weekend against the Reds. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I feel like they had this odd, the whole team had this like weird, <laughs> we and they were. played the whole season on this knife's edge and they fell off it a lot. And that's when Mr. Cool Dusty is supposed to take his veteran team and yeah. crack their heads together and go, look, this is a long season. All we have to do is get in the playoffs. We learned that last year. We lost the we lost the wild card team who went on to win the World Series. 
we got a good team. We're calm down. Knock this shit up. He didn't do it. It was the opposite. They just nope. kept amping it up. And they and he in retrospect, it. we should have known the balloon was filling up to the point where it was gonna pop. Yeah. And yeah. fucking Ryan Dempster popped for us. Of course he did. Oh, he yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if he didn't exist, they might have overcome all, all, all of that misguided angst and whatever. But as it was, they had no margin for error for that. Matt Karcher would have walked, walked, walked those three Mets. Should have kept him. Two. Two. Andy, Andy Pratt might have. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Andy would at least hit hey, one of them. That's an 04 <laughs> reference. Andy Pratt made his debut in April, and then it was never seen from again. Right, well, that was, and it, and a lot of it fell that to Henry not being able to fix the bullpen again. Yes, and he, kind of, he felt like he did right. So he goes, he gets the he best setup. Man, Hawkins. We didn't mention Hawkins. That, that was Latroy. a plus. Right, that was a plus addition on paper. And so he's got Latroy setting up for Sweaty Joe, and they got the eighth and the ninth all set up, except for the fact that we should have all seen coming. Sweaty Joe had left his arm in a heap yeah, on the mound. It was on borrow time. Mm-hmm. Still. Although we looked Hawkins, right, and he had a didn't he had like a great Joe would have another great season. I you know later you know, with gonna, uh, Cleveland, he yeah. like led the league in saves. Yes, we actually yeah. unearthed that on an episode, which I had forgotten. He had a couple forty plus save season. So yeah, but well, just like uh, John Lieber came back to be like a sixteen game winner for the Yankees, but it just takes a while. At that point, Joe wasn't helping us in 04. And you know, Latroy had been a closer, so they kind of hedged their bets a little bit because. He wasn't officially the closer, but kind of got closer money. And then when he was thrust into the role, he struggled. But again, they should have seen it coming. The reason that the twins—I mean, the twins were cheap even then—but the reason they were cool with letting him go was they wouldn't—they didn't want to pay him to be a closer because they didn't think he could be a closer. And the Cubs weren't going to make him the closer. They were like, "Okay, this is fine. We don't need to do this." And then, of course, they ended up making him the closer. Coincidentally, Joe wasn't nearly as bad as I thought in '04. I mean, he was uh, his ERA was eight point two. That's not that bad, is it? Eight. Is and nine? how many home how many home runs did he get up to Rob Koyak on Memorial Day weekend? Oh God, yeah. Let's Remember see, that, uh, Mike? Uh, yeah. How many kids Sadly. did Rob's wife have? I, she kept I, as a kid, babies out, and he kept it in home runs. At the time, I was about ten years old, and I was actually living on the south side of Chicago, and like a lot of my friends actually knew Rob Koyak because he is from I think he's Oak at the Providence, I think. Or so. Oh, okay, yeah. And I had all these freaking Southside Irish mouth breathers just rubbing in my face that like this the South Koyak. Suburban guy just beat the Cubs. Yeah, Ugh, yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, yeah. I, I will that say was... one other. You go ahead, Huey. No, no, go ahead. He didn't um, give up those home runs to Rob McCoy. It was Latroy. Was it? It was Latroy. Oh, oh my Latroy. bad. I think Sweaty right. was already Sweaty Joe was already hurt. He didn't pitch after June fourth. Okay. Okay, well, okay, but he, okay, but that was Memorial Day weekend. Mike, yeah, what were you going to say? I, w- I was going to bring up that one thing down the stretch that is like kind of very comparable with 2023 to 2014. I'm sorry, go ahead, no, Andy. Go ahead. I just saw he, I'm looking, I think he did give up one of the home runs to McCoy. Yeah, I thought he in did. his last, I got gotcha. he pitched that game and then he left his next one early and was never a couple. Yeah, he was done literally the end. Um, yep. Down the stretch in down the stretch in twenty three, and in common with 04, you saw a lot of uh, unearned playing time being given to bums. <laughs> you had a lot of at bats being taken by Jose Macias and Calvin yeah. Murray and Navy Perez, and you know with <laughs> the twenty twenty three Cubs, you had 
Patrick Wisdom starting a lot of games that he shouldn't have. Well, and yeah. Pro Armstrong getting all the playing time while Canario was riding the bench and struggling mightily. Good call. So, that's yeah, one and he even said the same fucking thing. Dusty, well, it was kind of the same thing. Dusty was, I got to stick with my guys, his, his guys. Yeah. Ross said, I got to play the guys who got us here. And that my thing was always, where are you? You're nowhere. You're in, you're in the third wildcard spot. And you haven't won anything. You haven't gotten anywhere yet. Right. You've got to play the right. two guys that are going to help you and win. The ultimate irony is that David Ross and Dusty Baker loathe each other. Yes, yeah. Very good. That's one of the things, one of the few redeeming qualities of David Ross. So, so far. To hate Dusty. So, one, so, okay, so far. I'm going to solve the Rob McCoviak thing. He okay. got both of them. He hit a walk-off against Joe in the first game of the doubleheader, and he yep. hit a two-run homer in the bottom of the ninth to tie the game against LaTroy. And then oh. they went on, and uh, Craig Wilson hit a home run off Francis Belton. Ah, okay. I misremembered that. Thanks for clarifying. And am I the only one that immediately thought of huge buck fucking teeth when you mentioned Jack Wilson? <laughs> um, it was I Craig could, like. Craig, I'm sorry. Who did I? Oh, Craig Wilson was the blonde-haired guy. Yeah, I'm thinking they had, of Jack they had Wilson. multiple Wilsons. Jack hey, Wilson's who I'm thinking Jack's of, right? Kid is like a hotshot prospect, right? He like never strikes out. Does he have huge teeth too? Like yeah, Freddie Bynum? He needs a dental plan. He, he came to the major. He's he signed with a team just to get the dental plan. <laughs> so long dental plan. Jacob Wilson. He was the tenth. Uh, um, oh, he went. He went sixth overall in the draft last year. To okay, I don't. What and that's the A's. So he's not even really on a big league team. He's on the. Oh A's. boy, Las Vegas, and that's Jack Wilson's kid. But it was Craig Wilson, the blonde-haired yes. dude who hit right. that homer. The bigger. Okay, the bigger. to sweep sweep the doubleheader. Okay, fair enough. Um, as far as I would say, we've only discussed two of these seasons. The one that's most comparable. 2023 would have to be 04 because it's like a kind of a, a late season collapse yeah, when you kind of have it. They're playing for the division. They're playing for the wild card, both in both right, instances. Yeah. Um, and their, then, man, their manager is uh, actively sabotaging yeah. the team by not playing mm-hmm. the right players. Um, and then, as far as which one is worse between that and 01, I think you got to say 04 just because 04. it was so prosaic. Yeah. Yeah. Because they were such a good team. I, the fact that they were underachieving and weren't really like, you know, is irrelevant. They were uh, a loaded team that was in contention, just make the turn, like you kept saying, Andy. So, uh, yeah, they were not, the other team was overachieving. This team was greatly underachieving. So, bigger, I mean, worse we made, collapse. So, we, we, I went through the old, the old one team and we made fun of their players. And then 04, you've got Derek Lee. And Ramos Ramirez, and eventually you get Nomar, and you have Moisa yeah. Salou, and you have Sammy, and then you have Todd Walker, you have Kerry Wood, yeah. you have Kerry Wood, Mark Pryor, Greg Maddox, Carlos Sobrano. Yeah. Um, it's the it Todd was Walker until was the 2016 addition. Cubs, maybe the 15 Cubs. Yeah. It was yeah. the most talented team of our lifetime. Yep. And it didn't win shit. <laughs> oh man. I, I will say it, it would have come all uh, like the full comparison would have been great if uh, if maybe Marcus Stroman would have pulled the Kent Merker move with Steve Stone going up to the booth and we started to hate the whole team. him out yeah. for a criticism. Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I, and I guess to do so. that's a good point. Like I don't think hateability is a factor in assessing the you know the the, the worst collapse, but there's no comparison there. Uh, 
that all four teams. Yeah. Well, and so I, I, I kind of flippantly compared say losing the ball in the lights to uh, Dempster, but the reality of it was it's the Dempster one was so much worse because Saya did that in the eighth inning of a game against yeah. the best team in the national league where you just felt like watching the game. If the Cubs didn't add on, they were going to lose anyway. They were gonna lose I, the that's what I felt. That's what I felt. The, the Cubs did that and the, the old four Cubs did it to the worst team in the national league. Yep. They gave up hits to guys yep. who never played in the big leagues again. No walks, walks, worse. Well, I know, worse. but then, it's... then Victor Cruz and who, I don't remember yeah, yeah, yeah. who the little they... asshole was who hit the, the game winner. Uh, it was uh, like Yes. Thank you, Mike. Like Brazil, See, yep. I knew it was going to have him on. Uh, the two, by the way, Dempster with a three-run lead in the uh, bottom of the ninth after getting the first out. I'll never forget the two names of the of the of the journeymen that were out of baseball within a year that he walked. It was uh, Eric Valent and J.R. Phillips, yeah. both of whom were like yeah. out of baseball in two years. He walked them with nobody on base in a three-run lead, and, we, and then and they had to bring Latroy in. We did the math to kind of take some of the stigma off of Latroy. Just how many games he had pitched. Like he should, he should, he was supposed to just have that day off because he had pitched he so rest. much. Exactly. Yeah. And then they, he couldn't give it to him because, and that was the thing though. Um, you just need somebody who's going to throw a strike, basically. It's a ball it play. didn't have to be Latroy. Like it had to be, there had to be somebody down there. Right? Well, true. Although I guess you really mean, wasn't yeah, but at there. Du- yeah, Dusty would have been really raked over though if he pulled because Dempster, remember, Dempster was. A pretty smart acquisition by Henry. He was yeah, signed he as was, a reclamation project. Right. And but, then we're going to maybe make you our closer for next year, but then we're going to put you in. He was being put into situations for the previous couple of weeks, and he was somewhat effective. And they, they because they just knew they couldn't really trust LaTroy and Borowski was out. They were grooming Debster to be the closer. He was signed he would with the idea that, four that years he later. was going to pitch in 04. And he, he, got, he got rehabbed enough that he could he came – he showed up at the end of 04, or he was going to pitch yeah. in 05, and he was as a reliever in 04. He had been a starter his whole life until then. Yeah, and he had started. He came back on August first. Okay, yeah. So he was pitching for a bit. It was a great signing, and it actually was much of the It was a great, you know, it it did you know because of that Henry would like try to repeat that like doing the same thing with Scott Williamson a couple years later, but like mm-hmm. that was a, a shrewd move. It was just that motherfucker couldn't throw the ball over the plate when he really needed to. And really had a cascading effect on a lot of people's lives. But you know what? Detroit, you know, I know we've won a world series, but I think Latroy Hawkins would be very popular in the field. Yeah. That motherfucking clown could like walk in on a unison or run in on a unicycle and everyone's going to cheer him. So of um, course, yeah, sorry. I just, I got wound up. This Dempster is had, the final. Dempster walked 13 guys and hit two in 20 innings that year. So him coming in and walking people was, should not have been a shock, basically. Yeah. For sure. This was the So this is going to be like the final Dusty team we talk about with a regular season collapse. Um, one guy who did not collapse down the stretch was Carlos Zambrano. Right. In September, Correct. he was – Excellent for them. And one thing I think we kind of underappreciate when it comes to Zambrano is that, you know, he still wound up having this long-ish, very solid career in the midst of Pryor and Woods' careers, like, crumbling to the ground largely because of Dusty. 
And, you know, Zambrano during the Dusty years, I have it here, he averaged 32 starts per year, 215 innings pitched every year. And somehow, like, he held up very well, you know, even after that. Yeah. This was this is Carlos from uh, September 6th, which is his first start in September to the end of the season. He pitched in six games. He was 5-1. and one. No, the Cubs were 5-1. and one. He was 4-0. and oh. Um. He pitched 41 innings. Um, he had an ERA of 1.96. He only struck out oh, 33. Man. He walked 12, and he only gave up 36 hits in 41 innings. The other guy who pitched really well until his second-to-last start was Maddox. So yeah, those two were like mm-hmm. the guys trying to like hold it together at the end with the old guy and the young guy, and then your two studs in the middle were were more erratic. Except, didn't Pryor have a seventeen strikeout yes. game? Uh, yes, for the best yes, series amazing against the Reds. That, that fine, been... his final start of the season, or against the Braves. That maybe. was the one. That was Reds. The it was the Kearns. Reds. That was the Austin Kearns. Yeah, yeah. Because he a couple of off well, because after Dempster set up Latroy, Latroy then from that point just then blew every game. He like. After that chase, after the Victor Diaz game, he blew like two of the Reds games after that. So I'm, like, I'm not letting him off the hook, but <laughs> let's see. So coming it down is, the oh shit, it didn't do well. It, it is so like the 23 team without like the acerbic personalities. Yeah, like on their on that final homestand, so they. Let's see. Starting on the on the last, they went. They had a long road trip. They had four in Cincinnati. Um, they had a makeup doubleheader against the Marlins because of another fucking hurricane. Ah, uh, right. Were those games? Oh, I forgot about Wrigley? that. Uh, I think so. What, those, wasn't there some like doubleheader where uh, think, the prior actually, started and then Clement yeah, started? There, there, there was yeah. at least one game at Wrigley where the Marlins were the home team, and then one of those games, the Troy Hawkins finished it with an immaculate inning. It's the first time I've ever seen that. He, he finished the game ah, with, a, yes. with a nine with a nine pitch strikeout in the ninth inning. So yeah, Latroy was gassing it until he was overused. They're like, and that was part of their complaint. They already had this long road trip. From from they were going to be on the road from the 16th through the 26th, and they had four in Cincinnati. Then they had their one day off. Then they had three in Pittsburgh and three in New York. And then on that one day off, they ended up having to fly to Florida and play a doubleheader. So they ended up having to play 12 games or 11 games in 10 days. And but they played. They were fine. They won three out of four in Cincinnati. They split the doubleheader against the Marlins, and then they swept the Pirates. So now all they had left were the three games against the Mets. And they won the first game. So you're like, oh, this is great. Mm-hmm. So you're feeling pretty good about it. Um, then they had the Saturday night game. They lost on a horrible check swing. Like, Moises is up with a chance to tie the game. And they called, they rung him up on a check swing that wasn't a strike. They lose that game. The next day, they have the awful, um, or no, that was the, excuse me, I got these backwards. Saturday was the day of the Victor Diaz game. The next day they have a chance to win, and that's the one with the with Moises' check swing. That's then right. they come home, and they play the Reds, and they beat the shit out of them. They beat them 12-5 to 5 in the first game, and you're like, all right, we're fine. And then they wouldn't win again until the last day of the season when they were already eliminated. They lost 8-3, to 4-3, to 2-1, to 1, which is the prior game. And then they lost to the um, 
Braves so, five to four and eight to six. So your mention of that compressed schedule suddenly reminded me of the 2019 collapse, which we're going to get yeah, to. We'll get to that. With that whole yep. thing that culminated in Pedro Strope having to beat out a grounder at yep. first, like that was wasn't that the end of a long that was 2018. Of, okay. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I we remember. Probably get moving that now. Well, yeah. All right. All right. So we, we already voted, right? We decided that um, 04 is worse than. Yes, 04 definitely and, worse. And the most like 20. Well, 04 is worse than 01. So, so far, it's the leader of the clubhouse. And it's also the most uh, similar to 23 right now. So then our next season is one that I don't think we're all a little like, well, yeah, I guess it kind of qualifies. But how much does it? That's the 09 Cubs. Uh, they would finish 83 and 78. It was their third winning season in a row under Lou Pinella, which was like the first time anybody had won, had winning seasons three years in a row for the Cubs since Leo DeRocher. And, and yep. basically our lifetime. Yep. Yeah. Um, and they were in it. This is a season that we've, it's easy to forget how long they were actually in the race. Like they were in it longer than we thought. They finished. Okay. In, they finished in second place that year at eighty-three and seventy, but they finished seven and a half games out. Wow. Okay. Um. And that was. I can find it very quickly because it sticks out like a sore thumb right here. They were a half game out of first on the second of August. Okay. And they are in beautiful uh, Florida again. Yeah. And it's the Cody Ross game. Yes. <laughs> and guess who's pitching? Guess who the starting pitcher for the Cubs was? was Ryan Dempster. Was it, uh, our favorite uh, Canadian, yes. Ryan Dempster <laughs> against Ricky Nala, former Cub farmhand, Ricky Nalasco. Part uh, of the wet trade, the Sergio Mitre, Reneo Pinto, and Ricky Nalasco Juan Pierre trade. For Juan Pierre. Uh, yeah, we, don't talk, we don't talk about Juan Pierre or... Sergio or Mitre. Sergio Mitre. Or Sergio Mitre, Sergio. yeah. No, 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 no. Don't even like to think about it. Okay. So Dempster That's pitched crazy. six shutout innings. And Aaron Heilman, the, the Marlins finally get across. They get one off the great Aaron Heilman, who was mostly For, Also, former future Cub, right? No, he was he No, he was a Cubs. Cub at the time. Oh, on the Cubs here. I'm sorry. I, I wasn't following. Because the last only gave up one run through seven. So we're tied after seven. And Angel Guzman uh, pitches uh, into the eighth. No, he pitches the – I guess he just pitches the eighth. Steve Stone claimed Angel Guzman was going to be the greatest cup pitcher he'd ever seen. He might have been right, considering he was always hurt. Had Steve a pretty Stone. good year in 09, if I remember right. And Steve Stone now broadcasting White Sox games in 09. That's how long Angel Guzman has suddenly been around. So top of the ninth, game tied at one. Former uh, Angels uh, World Series hero Brendan Donnelly pitching for the Marlins, and the great Jake Fox comes to the plate because ah, Ramos was out; he was on the shelf. He homers on the first pitch to give the Cubs a two-to-one lead. He would then be followed by Milton Bradley. <laughs> yeah, Milton, oh my! Milton God. goes away, but it's later. Um. Milton Bradley I'm flies sorry. out. Soriano strikes out. Mike Fontenot walks and Coy, Coy Hill strikes out. But we're off Coy to Dolan the ninth. Hill, no. We're off to the ninth. At the Cubs up two to one. Going to be in a flat-footed tie for first place. Hot damn. On August second. 
Kevin Gregg comes in to pitch for the Cubs. And he's got to face the great Hanley Ramirez. Ooh. Gets him to pop out. No problem. I'm okay. in shape. All you got to do is uh, you got to get Dan Ugla and Cody Ross out. Midget arms. Um, on the fifth pitch of his bat against Dan Ugla, Dan Ugla ties the game with a home run to deep left field. <laughs> and before yeah. the fan, the all nine Marlins fans can take their seats, Cody Ross has homered on the very next pitch. Uh, and the Cubs have lost. And the season was over. And we didn't even know it. Okay, I'll buy it. Yeah. Collapse. I half gave up. And would they hold on there in August? You know, you're not a real, you know, pretender. I'll, I never really. I, and I wish I could remember that Jake Fox. So they, word, but honest they, to God, I cannot. God they damn. actually won. They won the next two days, and got to a tie okay. for first. Okay. So you can't ah, blame us on Kevin Gregg. And then. Oh, was one of those the uh, then they Alfonso lost. Soriano walk off grand slam against the Astros? There's a walk off where they won three to two on the uh, Friday. Yeah, on so the it wouldn't be a grand slam. Yeah. Nope. But I remember there was like a game that went like very long in extra innings that they won on a Soriano grand slam. Well, I might have had the wrong date there because you're yeah. going to the. Uh... After they won the uh, after they won those two games in a row, then they would go on to they would lose uh, eight of their next nine. Ah. Then they would win twice, and then a walk off loss, another walk off by Greg. Let's see what did he do this time to the Padres? Uh, is that in in San Diego? Yes, I remember this one. Oh, this is a great one. So he's this is uh, another one. Yeah, the Cubs are up one to up- nothing in the ninth. I don't remember this one. This is great. Cubs are up one nothing in the ninth, and uh, Carlos Marmol um, got them out of a jam in the eighth. But Lou goes to his closer in the ninth. He goes to Greg because remember they had gotten Greg because Carlos had gotten a little uh, inconsistent. Well, they also Greg. had they had to replace Kerry Wood, who was closing in 08. Who had okay. left for Cleveland? Oh, that's but right. That's Marmol, right. They had to sell but, him. They had to, or they just let but, him go to. I, the, to I believe Marmol had had started going wild, or rather, hitters started laying off his crazy shit. Right, uh, right. But no problem. Cubs have a one nothing lead. How'd they get the one nothing lead? That's who was the hero? Uh, Aramis had driven in uh, Derek Lee with um, nobody out in the eighth off of Mike Adams. God so bless you, Aramis Ramirez. So the Cubs are up one nothing. And uh, Kevin Gregg has to face Everest Cabrera. Gets him to ground out to second base. Um, then David Eckstein comes up. He walks him. Oh, my God. Adrian Gonzalez comes up. He hits a fly ball, but he's out. So there's two outs. Everything's good. Chase Headley doubles to score Eckstein to tie the game. They walk the great Kevin Kuzman off. Intentionally. That's who I thought walked it off. And That's Kyle Kevin Blanks. Kuzminoff. Remember him? Big, like number, big number eighty-eight. I think. I do. Kyle Blanks. Ah, uh, yes, I, yes. I feel like a big, a big guy that like didn't look like he should be a tight end, not a baseball player, a right? Three run home. Home. Yeah. And the Cubs lost four one. Yeah, that's what that's worse than I remember, and I'm yeah. gonna just confess why. Because I'm on record as saying that after 08, my brain was kind of broken, and I was checked out until Theo was hired. So, absolutely revisiting this 
trauma with you fine folks uh there's no doubt that that's a bit of a collapse because in the wild card era you know yeah they'd gone in four games behind the rockies in the wild card but they also had the giants giants marlins and braves were between them and the rockies so they were they were forgot that the rockies were good then they were two years removed from their only world series i guess Remember, they got swept. They swept the team that swept the Cubs before they got swept by the Red Sox in 07. Diamondbacks. That's their only World Series. But, yeah, so they Tulewitzki. But, yeah. 1656, though. I'm having a tough time with that record on August 17th. Is But in the, wild, in the wild card era, again, that's the qualification. Get into the tournament, right? Oh, they were, it was they Kevin were, Gregg. Who won the, the 09 had to be the... That's the Giants first, right? Against the Rangers? No, that was y- Yankees over the Phillies. Yes, good call, Mike. That was two years off. That was Phillies winning their second consecutive. The, the Phillies kind of came out of nowhere the year before and jumped ahead of the Cubs, it felt like. And they won it all. Mm-hmm. And then Joe Girardi's only world championship was this year in 09. So the, the Cubs... Yanks. The Cardinals won the division with 91 wins. The Cubs were second with 83. They're the only two teams in the Central with a winning record. Wow. Um, the Cubs, 83 wins. They would have finished fourth in the West and fourth in the East. The Cardinals um, would have finished third in the West and second. Yeah. West. I would say a team that won, uh, what, 98 games the year before? Couldn't. <laughs> Couldn't flag down a uh, eighty what eighty nine one Cardinal team the next year. Ninety one. Being ninety one. Ninety one. After being in contention, and still being there, sure. But certainly nothing like twenty twenty three, and not nearly the worst of the three that we've covered. So, barely, I think we gave it. Barely it qualifies. That's fine. I'm cool with it qualifying. It is. Yeah. That team should have. You know, they a few breaks they could get in. It's one that feels almost kind of the opposite of 04 in that in 04 they kind of shored up all the holes they had from the 03 team minus you know really shoring up the bullpen but like you know they kind of half-assed it with relying on like Mike Fontenot as a reliable replacement for Mark DeRosa and yeah we had this standing ovation the entire weekend long for Mark DeRosa when Cleveland came to town um that notwithstanding you know anything it feels probably like not it, it feels like an old one team, you know. Well, it never made any sense to me. So the 08 team was fueled by Sam Zell wanting Henry to and wanting John McDonough mostly to pump up the roster. The 07 and 08 Cubs were were fueled by, hey, I'm not gonna, I'm selling this team, so just make them good. And I don't yep. give a shit. I'm gonna be around to pay the contracts. And then in 09, the the uh, McDonough was family gone. that that owns the Cubs now, they didn't get them to late in the season. So why did right. in the off season between 08 and 09, did they have to get rid of, did they not keep carry? Although that, cause that wasn't a baseball decision. They just didn't want to pay him. Uh, I think McDonough had left. Not that, not that he wasn't much more in the figurehead, but I'm pretty sure McDonough had left for the Hawks after 08. Could right. be. But and who knows? Had... Maybe he was the one that was, you know, really influencing Sam Zell to, you know, go <laughs> as hard as he did. Pump up the team. I mean, yeah. 
they spent on that 08 team. We talked about it. What they tried is a team that collapsed in the playoffs, so they tried to address what went wrong, like Andy said in the past. Yeah, Lou so they got rid of DeRosa for Milton Bradley, right. and Bradley was a goddamn disaster. That, that wasn't Kosky. Yeah. And they got Milton. And, Jesus. And Milton, he really was a cancer. I, I don't, it was just like all year long. It's just like, you know. Let's see. And in, spi- in spite of him, they. Milton got released in St. Louis. Probably on this I mean, Friday. This 18th, I remember the 18th in of his, September. In his last game as a Cub, in his first plate appearance, he got a single and then, like, just checked himself out of the game. Like, Lou didn't call him out of the game. Yeah. He just ran off of first base, and right. everyone was confused as to, as to what was happening. He just kind of quit. He, he and Lou also had the shouting match in the Comiskey dugout in the Friday game that yeah. year. And then, of course, most famously, the he once he he tried to like you know cure his image by being fan friendly and then tossed the ball into the stands when there were only two outs yep. at Wrigley. Um, so twins, God. Yeah, his last game was <laughs> the, was the seventeenth of September against the Brewers at at Wrigley. Uh, he left in the sixth inning. Uh, he singled and Bobby Scales pinch ran for him. <laughs> Bobby Scales. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then they get to St. Louis for the next day for the the Friday first game of a three game series and Jim Hendry called a team meeting and he announced to the team that Milton had not come to St. Louis because he was no longer a cub and the players applauded as they should have <laughs> yeah and then that pretty much the whole thing ended up in a trash heap that whole whatever they had there we would talk about not having uh any kind of a run up randomly winning it that this, you know, Oh three Oh four should have been one. Uh, let's start over. I mean, Henry was working it. He did have, and he had some resources. This was supposed to be a little bit of a run up, you know, Oh seven under, you know, overachieved sneak in Oh eight, really good. And then choke Oh nine. And then by then it's like, all right, we're selling this team and we're going to tear it all down. So bye, Jim. Yeah. I, I do have a fonder recollection of Jim Henry now than I would say that I did 10 years ago. I do as well. I mean, there were, you know, there were guys that he drafted and acquired wins. wound up he, on the 2016 team. He's kind of like, now that I think it's kind of like a Jerry Angelo. Like, it's a low bar. We don't have a lot of great GMs. But, geez, when you size it up, you know, he really was better than most of these assholes. Yes. I would say if you look at like the it's the recent vintage, the best trades the Cubs have made. Obviously, you're never going to top the Jake Arrieta Pedro Strope trade, but Hendry, most of the other ones are his. You know, he gets he, had, he gets Derek Lee for nothing. He gets Aramis yes, for nothing. For nothing. I mean, he had a lot gets, of trades um, where he. He traded away complete dead weight for like really useful pieces, like the Mark Rutzelonic, Eric Harrow's trade for Todd Hundley, or acquiring like Damian Miller. I think they traded away a, a guy who never even made it to the big leagues for him. You know, that I, sure. he, he had a lot of like really good no. trades in which useful pieces were acquired and not a lot going back. So the ironic thing that Hendry's failing was that his the farm system didn't consistently produce. And he had been the farm director before he was right. the GM. <laughs> he was a, he was a better general manager than he was a farm director. 
Yeah, I mean, the things like his number one picks two years in a row were from his old high school. Ryan Harvey and Brian Dupirik. Because he knew Ah, Brian Dupirik. He um, he would have loved (laughs) it. Wasn't it um, the new Craig Council's old bench coach, Pat Murphy? Wasn't he the coach at Notre Dame? And he was buddies with Henry, and that's why they got – they got Pierce Johnson and Jeff Samarja, and because he would call his buddy wow. and he'd be like, "Yeah, these guys uh, are good." It's like, okay, Jim, that's fine, but they can't be your only reason for drafting guys. Although he'll tell you, Pierce's still pitching. So how bad a pick he is, is with his horribly painful name. Right. It's a uh, it's a sentence, and it's a very painful sentence. <laughs> Nickname him Prince Albert. Hmm. And then, of course, the 2010 Cubs, Lou gets tired of watching it in, like, right. end of July. He had a, fl- had a float in a pool. It's funny. I don't know if you guys remember this. So in, in, in 2010, they get the surprise press conference, and it's Lou announcing that he was retiring. He's going to go home. Mom wasn't feeling well. He's going to go back home to Tampa and take care of Mom, which I think was news to his mom. Who's <laughs> like, wait a minute, I'm fine. What? She's like, right. shut up, Mom. You're sick. I, I She's still alive today. The guest bedroom. <laughs> Um, I don't know if you remember, but in 07, he'd only been on the job for like a couple of months. And there was this like breaking news. The club had this big announcement to make. And everybody thought it was going to be the rumor going around like the score and on, that they broadcast was Lou was quitting. Like Lou does fuck this. He doesn't want to do this. This was his first season. In 07, where they didn't the playoffs. his first two months. And, before and you remember what the around. actual announcement was? It was so weird. What? The announcement was that Ryan Dempster was going to transition from closer to uh, starter, but he didn't do it until the next season. Wow. I don't like any of him that. and him and Lou had talked about it because Lou's like, I think you'd be a better starter. You used to be a starter. I think you'd be a better starter than you were a closer. Yeah. They were going to do it. And apparently they had decided they were going to do it and they couldn't figure out who was going to close. So they ended up they like, must not have trusted Marmel yet. So they ended up not doing it. But then we all knew yeah, they, that had, they were going to stretch him out for a they did. Interesting. So they had Bob Howery, never really a full-time closer. We're talking like 07. It's Stevie Iyer. Oh, God. I was beginning at Carlos Marmol. Uh, Ascension. Yeah. Right? Marmol was pretty awesome beginning in 07. Yeah. You kind had of had a, out around. Who's the guy who jumped in the dumpster from the A's? Ted oh, Godin. Uh, Gordon. Chad Gordon. Not Brendan Gordon, the uh, Big Ten announcer. No. Chad Gordon. Yeah, and he was pitching. He pitched well for them until he, he was. I know. He was part the of the Harden trade. Josh Donaldson trade. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That, yeah, and that was the uh, the Cubs' answer to CC Sabathia to the Brewers. Well, Harden was great, but he, he was always at like 140 pitches after four innings. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then he was hurt. Kind of the opposite yeah. of. It's funny because I, I was feeling the, the CC, the weight, and so um, Ned and then Dale, because remember, Ned didn't finish that season. <laughs> Ned Yost, yep. Yeah. That was kind of the, the, the CC, that was the blueprint for how Joe used Aroldis. And that was, we've only got this guy for the rest of the season. We're just going to pitch his ass off. Yeah. We don't care if he yep. gets hurt. He gets, he's on three days else's rest. Time. Three days rest. Three days CC rest. CC was pitching on three days rest and coming out of the pen late in the season and. Uh, pitched. That, I mean, he didn't get to go on a long playoff run because they uh, they crapped out in the first round, just like the Cubs did. Right. They lost to the Phillies. Had a big game in that like final regular season series against the Cubs, if yep. I remember right. Yeah, they clinched against the Cubs, right? DC. Yes. The wild card. 
which they still have a banner flying in Milwaukee for that. Right up there next to their uh, one pennant and their uh, National League runner-up banner. It's, it's like Craig it's Council. pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. Right, right next to the the Hank Aaron retired number for spending two years there. <laughs> right. Yeah, they've retired right. Bob Euchre's right. microphone and Hank Aaron. It's cute. It's only 90 miles away if you want to go check it out. Isn't Hank, Hank's pennant is a different color, though, right? Like it's yellow, so, so it stands out because it's kind of like, yeah, he was here, but he wasn't really here. But he he played in this town a lot, just barely for so, us. Yeah, he did hit some homers. I, I recently saw some YouTube footage on Hank Aaron, hot bellied Hank Aaron hitting uh, hitting some bombs in County Stadium. Was there any uh, was there any footage on that reel of Ernie Banks hitting a home run other than his five hundredth? <laughs> the only highlight you ever see. No, because I was watching Marquee. They're like, it's the only one we own the rights to. You own the team. <laughs> How is that possible? Well, apparently Pat Brickhouse's estate enabled it, so <laughs> you got to talk to their attorney. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, so like, if so, Mike or uh, Mike, I, I can't be. I got to be more specific. So, Mike, Huey. Here. So, like, did your your dad obviously listen to Brickhouse? Yeah, we hated him. I was going to yeah. ask. He He's seems, like when you hear highlights, it seems like it would be so weird to listen to that guy. I know, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he tried his best because they were mostly horrible teams, right? And then the DeRocher thing came up. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, they weren't like, you know, planting a flag on it, but I just they didn't really care for him when he left. They weren't upset. And I think would go so far as to, like, yeah, wee. It helped that you replaced they replaced him with someone better though. Well, I remember because yeah, I talked life. before. I, I was never I didn't even know about the White Sox until I stumbled across Channel Forty Four like one time in like nineteen eighty. But I remember once I found out and I told the story before, like you know, I can't really root for them. But my brother, my older brother, was once throwing me pitches in the back in the backyard, and uh, and, and I knew who Jack Brickhouse was. And I was already following the Cubs, and he throws one and I miss it. He's a like, big swing and a miss. And he's like, well, but who's that? Harry Carey, who's that? He's the White Sox announcer. I'm like, really? Hmm. Who's like, they have a guy, he's not Jack Brickhouse. That sounds pretty funny, that sort of colorful, big swing and a miss. So even then, like, we kind of knew that, I think, at least my brothers did. Like, the guy, the Sox guy, he's a lot more fun. Like, he and an absolutely bipolar Jimmy Pearsall, just like, like letting it rip, you know, goofing on, you know, whatever. And then we've got just the more, just, I don't know. Yeah, I, not popular. Short answer, Brickhouse. In spite of his, you know, um, prestige, he'd been there forever. So yeah, and he got to do everything. He did the he did the Bears, and he did the nineteen sixty three. He did yeah, some he White Sox games, and he yeah. did Bulls. Yeah, he hosted. Hey, the I'd probably freaking Democratic there. National Convention one year, and I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's almost more belongs to WGN more than the Cubs, except for the fact that he just ended up doing the Cubs for so long so is his uh bust still on michigan avenue in front of the i believe it is yep i believe it does is. it still yeah. get does it still get loose and they have to go tighten it back down because the rumbling of the cars near it apparently loosens it and they have to <laughs> they're worried it'll tip over and break someday yeah my uh my family's one story about jack brickhouse was my uh my aunt who lived in uh, skokie um uh, came over for 
Christmas or, <coughs> excuse me, Thanksgiving one year and said, oh, she was telling my dad, this was before, probably either before me or when I was a little kid. My, her, her husband was my Uncle Andy, who I'm named after. And she's like, Andy and I were at a party and we met that uh, Jack Brickhouse. And uh, dad's like, oh, well, how was he? I don't know. He had a big boil on his neck. <laughs> That's, <a good laughs> That's story all we ever remembered about the Jack Brickhouse story was he had a big boil on his neck. I don't know. He had a big boil on his neck. My, mine was working with a guy uh, who was older than me, but when he was younger in the 70s, was a caddy uh, and asked for an autograph. And supposedly Brickhouse told him to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like fine. That, people that are, sounds appropriate. People speak autographs. I don't really have a lot of sympathy for it, but anyway. Yeah, it's almost as good as me and Bill Melton. Yes, you don't want an autograph. Yeah. Hey, would you like an autograph? No, thanks. I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> Screw you. I could give a shit. I mean, honestly, I didn't know who Bill Melton was. My friend Neil's telling me he was like he played the same time Sano did. I don't know what that is. I don't give a shit. He seems like a prick. Actually, I did know who he was by then because he was doing uh, Sox post game. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. I wouldn't know. I will as I wouldn't know. All right. So now we're off to uh, the last year on this uh, this episode. Well, did, did we make a determination on all yeah. that? So, yeah, I oh, think 23 is worse. No, but like, right. Okay. And we, we had a discussion about 18, but they're disqualified because they made the playoffs. But because of how easily it could have been the second seed it could almost but we probably don't have time to go to 18 screw that they made the playoffs technically so yeah well they're, yeah. And it's you know weird. they're kind of it's almost like they're of a piece like i will i will tell you i remember i conflate memories from the two years okay um but yeah 18 and the that. other thing about 18 so they well let's talk a little bit about 18 so we can get back to the yeah. the thing felt always talk about because we were doing that in real time um you know, we talk about them being like chokers and all that stuff. The fact of the matter was they didn't, their record wasn't that bad down the stretch. Just the Brewers won. In 18. Right. What was frustrating was they weren't scoring. Like they were getting good pitching and they weren't scoring. Mm-hmm. That was Theo's, the offense broke thing. And they didn't do anything to fix it. Um, and they had to play the extra game. They had to play the game 163. And had they won it, they would have had home field advantage through the entire National League playoffs. But it shouldn't yep. have come down to that. No, it shouldn't have. Nope. And they did make the playoffs, and then, of course, they it's the same thing One, happened. They couldn't score against the Brewers, and then they played the, the awful Rockies and the great Kyle Freeland, and they couldn't now, score. And to future Cub, Tony Walters, the worst hitter in the National League that year, is the guy who drove in well, the run. And then, of course, Terrence Gore swung. Yes, that's I was much. at that game. Very painful. Um, I will say that you know there's another component here when we have Frank on. Um, to like compare, you know, certain collapses. I'm gonna say that like '69, the '17, the '18 Cubs did not really collapse. The Brewers just were insanely hotter than shit. The '69 Mets were just ridiculous. Look, yeah. like they could have played better, and there are some games that they blew. But like Jesus Christ, like Milwaukee could not lose the last two weeks. Cubs had no margin for error. But I will point to the game again Labor Day, just like Preston Wilson 01. I was there. I was there for that one. And this is the game. The Cubs, well, uh, let's quickly give some context because this does fuel a collapse because when you end up in a one-game tie and then lose, that means that any one game that you could have had uh, would have flipped the season. And on Labor Day, the Cubs were trailing 
and Anthony Rizzo became the first player in baseball history as a left-handed hitter to hit a homer off of Josh Hader. And it was a lead-changing go-ahead homer in the yep. top of the eighth. And Carl Edwards then came in like Ryan Dempster and like Carl Edwards, frankly, with two outs in game seven of the 2016 World Series, suddenly couldn't throw a fucking strike. I can still see him screaming as he's coming off the mound at the umpire. Fuck him, who cares? Even though, the same even thing though it the was year before, nowhere close. Yeah. He did the same thing actually between game seven and 16 in this game in the playoffs in 2017, even though the Cubs were – you know, pretty much done. In that Dodgers series, there was the game in which he had the bases loaded, one out, got a pop out, and then he walked you, Darvish, in the playoffs. All right. Mm-hmm. So there's game seven in 2016. We're like, we all look past it because we're like, ah, it's okay. Montgomery came and got it. We love Carl. He's going to be our future closer. To like walking Darvish in a game they absolutely had to have in the playoffs to then this game here where Rizzo does something absolutely unexpected, man. When he hit that home run, you were there, Mike. You, I mean, I don't know how well you remember that. I mean, that, that had to be bonkers. And Edwards it couldn't really was, yeah. ball the play, just like Ryan Dempster. And I like that's the one game to me. That game ended, by the way, because Chris Bryant made yep. probably an ill-advised decision yeah. to try to turn two. Not probably. It was. Yeah. He tried to turn a double game off Lorenzo just Cain go home. and said, just go home, get the out. Right. Oh, okay. No, it was Yelich. It was Yelich, right? Yeah. Either way. He was the batter at the plate. Yeah, right. Kane was going to second, and he was. Um... We got Kane. Well, well it we was turn it. It, it. If I remember right, it was bases loaded, one out. Brian. Oh, he stepped on the third. ball. Hit to him. He steps on third. Tries oh, to get the yellow shot at first. That's right. Yeah, that's right. He just yeah. Not a right. whatever. Like hey, next guy would yeah, probably got a hit. What I remember, but about, well, the next guy was. Uh, who's the next guy? Jesus Aguilar. Hey, I Jesus Aguilar. No. What I remember about that game was our basement had flooded due to heavy rains. And I spent the game down here with the, I had the TV propped up so that none of the stuff would touch the floor while I was vac- shot backing water out of my basement. So I had like one eye on the game and one eye on, I kept going back and forth and uh, did a lot of swearing. Yeah, so here was, um, this is Carl. Um, so Rizzo hits the homer off Hater in the top of the eighth, gives the Cubs a three to two lead. Uh, Carl comes in, and this is what he does. Curtis Granderson, 3-1 pitch, single. Lorenzo Cain, uh, 1-2 pitch, single. Okay. Yelich strikes him out. Aguilar strikes him out. Ryan Braun, full count, walk. That's the one he claims he got squeezed on. and um, Well, it shouldn't come down to that. Mike Moustakas pinch hits for the great and future Cub, Hernan Perez. Walks, basically. So okay. it ties the game. C-Shack comes in and gets Travis Shaw to ground out. The okay. Cubs set their finest up in the top of the ninth. Uh, Elmora, Bodie, and Caratini. Uh, Victor actually got a hit, and Terrence Gore pinch ran for him. Gore stole second, and Mazobras flew out off of future Cub Jeremy Jeffress. Uh, and then well, yeah, in, the, in, the, in the ninth. Um, future Brewer and Caratini. C-Shack stayed in, and he walked Eric Kratz. Then he hit Orlando that Arcia. Prick. Then with Granderson up, he threw a pass ball. Yeah. Uh, then he struck out Granderson. Then he hit Lorenzo Kane to load the bases. So, yeah, Carl deserves a lot of shit, but C-Shek should not be off the hook. He was worse somehow. I mean, I know, but it the was, game was already yeah. tied. It was tied. It was, they were losing. I know. He's the one but who like lost you the had game. the game in hand. He just hit a homer off a hater, throw the ball over the plate. 
And yeah, it wasn't like he just completely couldn't throw. Like like you said, the first three guys put you know he got two balls put in play and then two strikeouts. But the first ball was a single on a three one pitch. So, and then Mustakis right, gets a hit. I'm not one, letting too. Carl off, but Ciszek, walk, hit by pitch, pass ball, hit by I pitch, agree. and then no. then he gets the ground ball. That to be fair, I believe that was the. If I, but you fair, kinda, I believe that I was gonna say you can kind of see why Bryant didn't throw home. He's like, right. we got to get out of this right now. We got to get, gotta get yeah. C-Check out of this okay. game. Well, actually, and no, C-Check th- was out of the game because he, um, the ground ball was okay. Jesse Chavez. He came so in he's and he got, he got the little Jesse in his goggles. So uh, Jesse and, tried to get him other, out of it. And in fairness to C-Check, I believe that was the, his uh, 123rd mm-hmm. appearance that season. So oh, Joe loved it. Men, yeah. men couldn't couldn't help himself. Yeah, I mean, he'd only C-Shack. warmed up in 140 games, though. Okay. <laughs> so Him warming so up was a day off. I would say that that's not like any other collapse other than the next season. <laughs> because like you say, maybe it's in tandem. It, was, it wasn't really a collapse because they made the playoffs. And they could have still run the ship. But had they not squandered the division, they would have had an elevated status in the postseason. And they could have at least gone to the LCS and, you know, but instead. Well, I mean, the, the, the other elements of it, too, is, you know, you lose Chris Bryant for a large chunk of that year. You lose you Darvish yeah. most of that year. Either yeah. of those two guys are healthy. You probably win, win one game. At least the one, one game. more game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. So not an awful collapse. Not really. Yeah, and not really collapse because they're in the playoffs. But the next season, though. Next season, um, who was supposed to be the closer at the beginning of the year? Do we remember? Mike? Going in. Uh, Who was supposed was to be the closer in 19? Brandon Morrow? Ooh, oh, good call. That... And his was magic he, he was 18, right? Was he still there in he, 19? He, they, they signed him in 18, and then he he came back on, like, a one-year, like, courtesy deal for, like, allowing, like... Right. But it never the Cubs allowing him to rehab on their dime, basically. But, yeah, you're right, because Wade was the the one guy in 17, right? Yeah, and then it was one year, 18, I mean. who was really good until he tried to put his pants on in the closet. <laughs> Threw out his back, and that was the end of him. <laughs> Which is why they got Jesse Chavez. Yes, who was very effective. In, in, down the stretch in oh, 18, we had Chavez, or, in down the the, or both 18 and 19. We he had Chavez all year in 19. He wasn't back in 19. No. He, we were, just we only had him 19. Remember the only guy they added in the offseason before 19 was... Daniel Descalso? Daniel Descalso. Or are we just talking pitchers? No, I didn't add any. I mean, well, nobody of note. Right? Uh, Br- Brad Brock, I think I remember. Yeah, nobody of him. note is what I said. Yeah, no, so but he was a legit free agent signing, and he was all, he was terrible. I wonder if he was supposed to be the closer. No, but he was supposed to uh, bolster the bullpen. And well, he never look at this list did. and tell me who the fuck was supposed to be the closer then. I mean, I guess Strope? Strope or... Never officially. May, never maybe at that point, they... We're trying Maybe. to work Carl into it. You see, they but the problem. Carl, remember, Carl was the long-term plan at one point. Of course, by then he'd squandered like all his currency. Should have known currency. better than that by then. Yeah. Well, the, this the, gets to a pretty good. This no, this is not, the reason, going into eighteen. Going but, into eighteen, maybe not. But this is the reason that this nineteen, the eighteen nineteen is such shit. This is. The Cubs in the middle of their championship window, with all of a sudden the owners telling Theo, "You don't yeah. have any, you don't have any money." 
We can't. Yeah. We, you know, you're just going to have to learn how yeah. to win under this budget because you already won your World Series, and we're not going to yeah. stretch anymore. They shut the door after they got the undermarket Darvish deal. Like right. that and, fell into their lap. But that yeah. was the whole thing, right? Like, so Theo it. literally at the U Darvish press conference was bragging about how great it was because they had they had more money budgeted than they paid you, so they were gonna be able to do all this stuff yep. and he never got to spend it on anything. So in this year, in nineteen, we're gonna talk about they end up in mid season, they get Craig Kimbrell, who had no one had signed. And the only reason they got him was because Ben Zorbris' wife left him, and he was so emotionally wrought. He yeah. left, and they weren't paying him. <laughs> well, the mystery of who started the season as a closer, I'm still not sure of. And it's going to be tough to find, because if I remember right, in 2019, didn't they get off to like a 1-6 start or something like that? And like whatever wins they had early in the season, were they were pretty much blowouts to the point where you didn't really require a closer. So they didn't get a save until their 12th game of the season. It was Strope. I guess it had to be Strope because he got the first two, three. He got the first three. Yeah. You have to find Paul Sullivan's press clippings. That's that's like going to Latroy to be your closer. I mean, Pedro was one of the best setup men in Cub history, and there was a reason that he wasn't a closer because he wasn't a closer. Right. So you it, it's it's went, almost you, like you literally went into the season with like, eh, maybe this will work. Almost like a, a, a repeat of Latroy almost from 04. Yeah. In that like you had a solid middle reliever slash setup guy that you tried to force into a closer because you were too cheap to find an actual closer and it backfired on you. Square peg round hole. Yeah, then they get off to the terrible start. They didn't get to. They started off one and zero. They won the opener uh, in Texas, twelve to four. Yeah, Hap had a huge game. Remember? Didn't he have like two homers that motherfucker? Probably. Or did he do that? He did that every opening day. Yeah, he hit the first pitch the year of the before. entire season for a home Florida. run in Florida. <laughs> he was like the Corey Patterson of his time. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot how much they stumbled out of the gate that year. Jesus. Uh, oh no, this is the year Hap started in the minors. Oh, who am I thinking? They, they, but they, they they blew up somehow. Yeah, I don't know why I thought half. They, uh, they they absolutely exploded on opening Bode, day, and then Bode they just had two hits. Oh, never was, mind. Was it the was it the great Matt Caesar? I remember him being in the opening day lineup that Mark's, year. Uh, Mark Zunas was the opening. Or day not Matt field. Caesar? No. Uh, Mark Zunas. <laughs> Schwarber that. had to come off the bench because they had a lefty pit going for Texas. Yeah, four. It was Elmora, Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, Contreras, Bodie. Zobris was the yeah. DH because they were in Texas. Hayward and Zagunas. But they won that one. Uh, home runs. Javi hit two. Bryant hit one. Yeah. And then uh, a lot of nothing for a while. Jason Hayward had two hits. Good for him. I, I think I distinctly remember after watching that they game fixed thinking, him. all right, the the offense, well, Hayward, but right. so the offense as a whole is fixed after all You're these right. games last year that yeah, well, they runs in the first game got shut this, out and only scored one run or some of them. The, yeah, this is the first game after the Rockies mouse fart. Right. Okay. Well, then they <laughs> they scored six runs the next day and they lost eight six. They scored ten runs on and March thirty first, the third game of the season, and they lost on a walk off. 
Yes, Mike Montgomery gave up a walk-off home run, if I remember right. I, I don't remember which Ranger hit it. But I remember it it hit off the left field foul pole and landed on the foul side. And that was like the first so time I'd ever seen that happen. Yeah. It not deceived that, everybody? Not that one. This was uh, That's uh, Nomar in, Mazzara. Nomar Mazzara with a, uh, ah, a walk-off wild pitch. Wild pitch. Now, Pedro came in to try to uh, keep the game tied, and he didn't. Not the game. It was a walk-off, though. Walk-off wild pitch. Almost as uh, undignified as a walk-off balk. Then they went to Atlanta, and they got swept. Beating uh, him a nice run for Atlanta. Then they lost two out of three to the Brewers. But they would eventually right the ship. They had back-to-back walk-off wins against the Marlins in May. Mike would have been thinking about a bottom of the eighth, uh, go ahead, lead changing three run homer from Joey Gallo off of Carl Edwards Jr. Jr. in the second game of that series. Would he? No, possibly. Okay. It, it was hit the left, so I don't think it would have been. Oh, Joey hit him everywhere. I, well, let's see. Maybe. I'll I just, tell you where he. I hit. just. Yeah, I'm just blacking out again. I would not have guessed that Carl Edwards would still have the Cubs in 2019. Carry on. Joey Gallo. Uh, Three-run homer, left field. Okay, that must have been it then. Yep. Good lord. Yeah, I remember they they actually got to May with a pretty respectable record. There was a series against the Cardinals at Wrigley. They swept. I was at the last game of that series. Um, I think the big narrative around that time was. Remember Chris Bryant switched bats to like the axe handle bat and was starting to like get his power back a lot more after everyone being in fear of it going away after the shoulder injury the last year. I do recall the axe handle. Yeah, they were they were fourteen and ten in April, sixteen and twelve in May. Oh, they were at a losing June, fourteen and fifteen. Twelve and eleven in July. Sixteen and twelve in August, well, and then eleven and there, sixteen there were- in September. There was a point in like late May where they went to Houston, lost two out of three. And I remember like every road series they played after that until like late July when they played the Pirates in that like Little League series. Remember they played it at like the Little yeah. League World Series site? They didn't win a road series between Correct. that Astro series and that. Yeah. Well, they followed yep, that Astro series up by getting swept in St. Louis. So that road yeah, trip there was one and five. But you're right, Mike. Uh, yeah, from that weekend on, every time you see a road series, two out of three to Colorado in mid-June, two out of three to the Dodgers, or three out of four, I should say. Now, and then I see two out of three to the Reds. I'm like, is that that weekend where they made a legend out of Aquino? Is that the guy? Probably. Oh, God, that's right. They wouldn't throw him anything uh, but fastballs. And then they lose three out of four. I think he can. And then they lose three out of four at Pittsburgh. They actually they they stopped that streak where they split a two game series at Comiskey in like mid July, but ah, okay. they still hadn't won a road series until now. I'm going to know to win it. Ridiculous! Not until uh, and then I see Philadelphia in August, and I, I I absolutely know what that last game is when I see a walk off because I know where I was. When oh, I the heard Bryce Harper, Harper uh, a, a lead changing walk off grand slam against yeah, off of Derek. That, Holland. That, that, yeah, Derek Holland, the the pay, yeah, gotcha, uh, just a, a descendant of Scott Ayer and all the other no, it, actually, a descendant of Ryan Dempster, 
Like, yeah, they did the Harry Carey impression together. Oh, it was great. Yeah. Oh, they had been teammates in Texas when Dempster got traded for Hendricks. And so they were. Yeah. Oh, he was the fucking worst. I was on my way to play softball, Mike, for Cody's, and I and I think I had hit up. I had time, and I was hungry, and I actually hit up the White Castle in Addison when I was like listening to that game. And you just knew though that game was like slipping away. Like they were lo- they were about to lose it, and you're like, "Well, Harper, you know, he's not going to hit a grand slam to end the game, but he did." But it was like you just knew it was slipping away. But they absolutely needed that game, and uh, you know, Harper. You know, he's had a couple iconic homers against the Cubs. That's one of them the one in the playoffs, which they still lost when he was with Washington. But yeah, Derek Holland. Well, let's look he at had no business being that team. Yeah. That's uh that's a ball breaker of a game. I, where were the Cubs? In the division, they were actually tied for first right around that. Yep. Time. Yeah. It was a watered down division because they were never more than 14 games over 500 in 2019. But, well, do, do you remember going into that season? That was a year where, like, the Reds had a lot of hype around them because they made some offseason moves to acquire, I think, like Yasiel Puig and Alex Wood. And was that Mustakas? Okay. Maybe, Maybe, yeah, Mustakas too. Like, that was the most competitive I remember the NL Central being, like, going into a season. Obviously, the Reds turned out being as bad as they usually are but but they kicked the cubs in the nuts with their new new shiny boy Aquino that year yeah that's true but so this is interesting this um so this the game against the phillies that we were just talking about was a u darvish drew smiley matchup future cub uh you pitched seven scoreless innings struck out 10 didn't walk anybody left with a five nothing lead and in the eighth, um, weird little lefty uh, and uh, driving range ball picker upper Kyle Ryan <laughs> oh. came the, in to pitch. I remember. <laughs> I completely forgot about him. Um, because Tony Kemp had pinch hit. Too great Tony Kemp had pinch hit for years oh. in the seventh. Oh and he had some big hits, even though he was awful. Yeah. Oh, my Against God. Against the Cardinals. Last series, uh, he had a big home run. So, I is remember. this the Martin Maldonado year too? Is that 2019? Yes, yes. He played yes. the whole season. Finally he played for the Cubs for, like for 2019. Get a hit. They, they for traded our hero from 2016, Mike Montgomery, for him. <laughs> and I think they traded him for Tony Kemp. Then that we got for him. Yeah, sounds right. So anyway, so, uh, Kyle Ryan comes in. He gives a double to Roman Quinn, and then he walks Reese Hoskins. But then he's got to face Bryce Harper. He gets him to ground out, so we're in good shape. Rowan Wick, who was being saved to try to close this one, had to come in in the eighth, struck out JT Real Muto, and then uh, he gave up a single to Corey Dickerson, who would uh, later hit a home run in the playoffs against the Cubs for the Marlins. I think so. Point twenty. Or for yeah, or for, for I'm sorry, Florida in that, Marlins in that pretend playoffs in 2020. Right. Um, single to right, and who was in right? It must have been Hayward. Um, yeah, they don't say who they, they don't. Quinn scored and Reese Hoskins got gunned out at the plate. So Cubs are still up five to one. We're in good shape. Don't worry about it. Uh, Wick comes in, comes out to pitch the ninth with four run lead. Gets uh, Gene Segura to fly out. Then there's an error on the third baseman, which I'm just going to guess is no, Bodie. Just e6. Because, 
It's oh, E6. E6. It's, and I, Addison I, Russell? It's Bodie. No. It's shortstop. Bodie oh, is shortstop. that's fucking right. They had to put Bodie as shortstop. Like, God this was damn it, the Theo. team with, all, the team with all the shortstops. Oh, we got too many shortstops. Uh, what do we do with all these shortstops? Mm-hmm. Ran out of shortstops. But this is the Mike Freeman here, too, then, right? I remember this play listening to and this Virgil is the Nico. This is Nico called up late in the year. Jeez. And he, he, and he against the Pirates, I remember. And he was doing everything he could to save their bacon, too. He was yeah. excelling. He had, he had two homers, and they didn't hit another homer for like two more years. I, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was so, there in one of those offensive explosion games against the Pirates at Wrigley. Yep. This was the year uh, Russell got hurt in Milwaukee, right? I think he hit in the. Right, there for that game, too. He, he got hit in the head and yeah. then took his base and still stole second base, but then came out later in the game. Yeah, and then he was out, He's no out for the rest of the year. 18 no was the year we found else. out what a scumbag he was. And then we ended up having to, they put him on like the suspended list. And that's when they went out and got, um, oh, why can't I think? The, oh, Daniel Murphy. The, Daniel Murphy. Yes. Yeah. 19 later, was the year yeah, that, yeah. that Javi had an MVP season, right, for most of the year. And then this, this is no, the year. No, that was 18. 18 19th no. year Javi played most of the season on a bad foot. And then when they x-rayed it at yes. the end, of, then he hurt something else. And at the end of the season, they x-rayed yes. his foot. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's all, it's really screwed up. So I'm glad you had him playing on it. But that's part why at the, the end reason, of this season, they were out of shortstops again. Because Russell was gone and Javi was gone. And part of the reason for this collapse would be obviously the absence of Javi for a good stretch. So, yeah. Well, I think that those, the series right before the really bad series against the Cardinals where they got swept at Wrigley, they played against the Reds. And I think they lost two out of three. I want to say that series, like, Baez got hurt, Rizzo got hurt, I think Bryant might have gotten hurt, and that was, like, everything was all, it all seemed like it was falling apart, and then, weirdly, Rizzo shows back up, like, in one of the Cardinals games, and hits a big home run. Yeah, that was the year. So yeah. Javier Baez. That was his really bad sprained ankle, right? And then they jammed it, yeah. he could get it into a shoe, and he played, and he had a, he had a homer in his first I mean, Mike, you're talking, you're talking the last three weeks of the season, Mike, right? Yes. Because that's where I see the sweep uh, at home against the Cardinals. Because he's three, four, five, six, seven. That nine-game losing streak. So anyway, yeah, so they... Bodie get Bodie makes the error. So now instead of there being a four-run lead and two outs in the ninth, there's one out with a runner at first. Um, Scott Kingery singles off of Wick. Then uh, remember little Brad Miller. Like all one year he just all of a sudden hit homers out of nowhere. Not the guy who's placed yes. for the Bulls. I um, was just going to bring him up. <laughs> no. He singled to second base. I don't like the sounds of that. Um, I guess it was just an infield hit. I guess ground ball is second and short. Scored Hernandez, who was an unearned run because of the error on Bodie. Um, and then Kingery went to third. So now they bring Strope in. They give up on Wick. They bring Pedro in. Uh, Roman Quinn does it again. They uh, he, has a, he singles to second base again. They're not even getting the ball out of the infield. Yep. Who the hell is at second base? Is it the Scalso? Uh, it is Ian it's Happ. Ian Happ. Holy Ian shit. Frickin Happ. Ian freaking Happ. Ian Happ and David Bodie. Our middle infant. God. Jesus. He is the gift right. that keeps right. on. And I used to earnestly wonder, why don't they just put Happ at second? Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, so uh, Reese Hoskins comes up and with, with two on, and Pedro hits him. So bases are loaded. Bryce Harper's coming up, and Joe apparently decides that to bring in a lefty, maybe he'll hit a double play and we'll get out of here. And he brings in Derek Holland, who on a 2-2 pitch 
gives up a 4,000 foot home run to Bryce yes. Harper. It was and upper deck, I believe. There's Very reminiscent of the Christopher Morrell walk off against the Sox in which he sprinted around the bases. Yeah. 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 Actually, you're right. It's a good call. The um, where were they at the trade deadline? They were so so that's funny. That was only August fifteenth, but they were in first place. Man, I mean, I know we lived through it, but it's frustrating. So at the trade deadline, they had been they were fifty seven and fifty. They were tied with the Cardinals for first place, and we thought the trade deadline passed without a move. It was like Mm four o'clock deadline, and the Cubs didn't do anything, and then all of a sudden they make the announcement that they had traded for Nick. Castellanos from the Reds. And we're like, eh, yeah. I guess I could, I guess that's better than nothing. And um Nick was like the only guy who hit for them for the Yeah, for the he yep. tore it up down the stretch. Yep. Did he like set some record for like top five like single season and doubles, I think. Came like like he came really close to hitting like sixty doubles that year. I remember he was leading the league in doubles at the time that they traded for. Yes, he ended up with 58. He had 37 wow. doubles in 100 games for the Tigers. And honestly, I think the only reason he probably didn't get 60 is because some of those doubles became homers at Wrigley. Yep. In 51 games for the Cubs, he hit 21 doubles and 16 homers, 36 RBIs. Wow. Uh, he hit 321, 356, 646. And um, he wanted to stay. Like, really bad. And the Cubs are like, I oh, know we got uh, Jason Hayward and we have uh, Kyle Schwarber. Where are you going to play? And um, a year later, they would just DFA Kyle. And then they ended up. Yep. Now him and uh, him and Nick are hanging out on the Phillies together going to the playoffs every year. Good job. Because he literally waited. He wouldn't sign with the Reds until they just kept waiting to see if Theo would make a move to open a spot. And they're like, well, there's no DH, so we can't. Well, little did they know that two years later there was going to be a DH. They could have had it. Yeah. I was yeah. talking to a coworker today. who's from Philadelphia. I'm like, I really like that Philly team. You know, and I, I find myself mentioning Castellanos and Schwarber. I'm like, God damn it. Well, there's also the fact that uh, Bryce Harper wanted to sign with the Cubs. Correct. And he's likable in my book. So, yeah. The Cubs were like, yeah, we're good. Where are we going to play? Sucks because the, the Cubs have a need for a first baseman now when Harper has transitioned over to first base. Well, if you get Chris Bryant back, he's uh, going to play first for the Rockies. I saw. For the 32 games he's healthy for. All right. So, so the trade deadline, they make the trade. They get Castellanos. They're tied with the uh, Cardinals. Uh, they come out the very next day. We're going to set the tone for the second, for the, for the playoff run, and they get beat eight to nothing. Against yep. the Cardinals. Good job. Great. Jack Flaherty over John Lester. But then they win the next four in a row. And they have a two and a half game lead in first place. Yeah, everything's fine. Castellanos is ripping the ball. Hughes having a good year. Um yeah. on Sunday. You bounced August back real 4th, nice. Tyler Chatwood got a save. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. They're gearing up. Um Let's see. So when, back, did they, baby. when did they get well, Kimbrel? The Harper game was two weeks after that, but they were still kind of around first. They're winning and losing. They're not pulling away with it. What, what, what were you wondering about a game in particular? Or 
No, I was just looking to see when they got when they got Craig Kimbrell. So Oh, that's a good call. You remember who went who they sent what what crack scout did they send to Craig Kimbrell's workout to decide that that's the guy they needed to sign? Do you remember? No. That's a so, name I should know. Oh, it's a name you'll know. It's special assistant to the Cubs, David Ross. Oh. Uh, and he's like, oh, and Craig's thrown great. And they're like, all right. So they sign. You know what, though? The, to it, a two-year deal with an option, right? Three year it deal would make sense at the two, uh, maybe two with an option. It would make sense at the time because I think yeah, Ross sure. did catch for Kimbrel when he was in Atlanta. So. Because Kimberly pitched for the Cubs in 1920 and then up until the deadline in 21. Yes. And the 21 season. And it was weird because, like, in 2019, we're going to talk about it. It was not so good. The beginning of 20 was horrible. Like, embarrassingly bad. Cincinnati was throwing yeah. the ball at the backstop. Yeah. It was awful. Mm-hmm. But about four games into that short season, he everybody stopped hitting him. And we didn't even notice because yep. his stats were so terrible, and he wasn't closing at first. He was just, he was was just picking two, spots. It was a and two after a while, season. it's kind of like, when was the last time Kimball gave up a run? And it was a long yeah. time. And then in 21, he that was went, amazing. That went well into 21, really, until he basically left. It went until he got to the White Sox. I, yeah, right. So, yeah. I'll do well, again, and, but I then the White Sox. I'm, gonna, I'm going to. We, you guys talk. I'm going to look up and oh, I'm going to read yeah, it pull up his, his game log because I feel, I feel like he had original success. It was just the last ten days of the season, and all of a sudden he had a straight as an arrow. Kyle Fan, no, he was, slash he, Bob Scanlon. He was Pesley. really shaky. He got a save against his old team, the Braves, in his first game in in 19. But um, I forget what happened. I he, remember that he walked a guy and then he gave up a hit and a walk. And somebody Rizzo or somebody made a great play to end the game. Yes, and Craig's kind of like, "Woo! Well, at least the first one's." I think out that of the was way. on Memorial Day, and uh, he or right pitched, around there. The next time he pitched, it was against the uh, the the Great Pirates, and uh, he gave up three runs and two homers. Then he pitched against them the next day, and he gave up two more runs. Um, then he got through some scoreless outings against the White Sox. Um, the Pirates. Actually, he went on. He went on a decent little run um, until the end of the month when he came in to get a save in the tenth inning against the Brewers and didn't get anybody out and gave up three runs and two homers. So we got to look. At this. Oh, th- there's that famous picture of like Jed Hoyer and Theo Epstein. In oh, like a booth the, somewhere in Milwaukee. That, that yeah, that's, that's the, where that originates from. I remember that picture. Yep. Oh yeah, here it is. So the uh, um, Albert Elmora hit a homer in the top of the tenth to put the Cubs up three to two off of Freddie Peralta. And so here we go. The Cubs are going to get wow. the win. And um, second pitch of the it was outing to Yelich, uh, home run to left field. He walked Tyler Saladino, and then he gave up the walk off to the great Keston Hira. Yep. I remember it now that you mentioned Hira. So that one was no good. Um, let's see. Zoom tight. Yeah, put the cough button on. And then his last three appearances of this season um, were not so good. And they were a long ways away. So um, he must have, uh, they must have shut him down 
he pitched against the Brewers and gave up. Um, he came in in the ninth with them losing. Um, just one to nothing, and he made it four to nothing. Yeah. And he, he was on yeah. the he was on the shelf for um, the next eighteen days, and then uh, he pitched twice again that awful series against the Cardinals. That's what it was. So yeah. he was coming in off of two weeks off. Baez was off for a few weeks. Remember, they, they pushed him back in the lineup at the end. He could barely stand up. So I had forgotten that Kimbrell. And, oh, I remember that. So, uh, yeah, so this game on the 19th of uh, September. Um, remember when the Cardinals were using Carlos Martinez as their closer? At the Blue Yes. Hills? Yeah, I remember that. So they have a 4-1 lead in the ninth. And they bring Carlos in, and he's going to nail things down. And he walks Castellanos, and he gives up a single to Bryant. And he strikes out Schwarber, but then Zobris doubles to score a run. And then Wilson singles to him. To Carlos Martinez. Yes. And he, yeah, uh, he Bob, did, not, Bob he, oh, he, um, did he try to go home? I can't tell what he you know, did. They call it a fielder's choice if that was the case. Um, not, yeah, that's right. So he singled a pitcher. He just didn't field it. Successfully, that scored Bryant. Baez went to third. They went to Andrew Miller, who they had signed after um, Tito wore him out in the World Series, just like Joe wore out. That's uh, right. A roll to yeah. And um, Hayward with a productive out. He grounded out, but Baez scored to tie the game. So here we go. Uh, I Top of the tenth. Kimbrel comes out. Oh yes, uh, Matt Carpenter, right? Strikes yep. out Dexter Fowler, and then the emaciated was, corpse of Matt Carpenter. I was at this game. Now, now it's all coming back to me. I was playing softball at Hamlin Park for Cody's that night. I remember yeah. following on the phone. Like They actually came back, three in the ninth, like you just described, and they could have actually walked it off. But Nico couldn't do it, and you can't blame Nico because he was great uh, down the stretch. And then I was like, what the fuck? Matt Carpenter, that motherfucker, the Kimberly Yard. That well, was a bad sign. And that was the first of that weekend. It just gets yeah. worse. Go ahead, Mike. And, and I, I said this pre-show, going into this series, the Cardinals have maybe only won from like 2017 until this point. They'd only won like three games total at Wrigley. And I yeah. want to say maybe a week or two before this, they had some weird Randall situation where they had to play like back-to-back double headers against the Reds on back-to-back days. And, like, everything lined up for the Cubs, you know, if they could have just split that series. At worst, they would have wound up with one of the two wild card spots. And instead, they lay a giant egg when everything was looking like it was favoring them. Andy, on the Saturday game, I directed you to the top of the six when the Cubs had a one-nothing lead because I had completely forgotten about that bump, the tomato can that came into pitch oh. for the Cubs. First- so that that game is the 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 game he just blew. Thursday night. It's a four game series. Night. So then Friday, yeah. They um, is this the one you were talking about? Yeah, top okay. of the sixth. Cubs nursing a one nothing lead. Friday they go to their – he was a trade deadline acquisition, I believe, right? Probably off waivers. Davis, the great David, David Phelps. Phelps with his slider of death. Uh, from Toronto. And and the Cubs up one nothing in the sixth. David Ooh, Phelps came in. Um, he re- uh, he came in and a double switch that oh. took Rizzo out. Or the, was this the game? Was this Rizzo with his foot in the? They probably were taking him out. 
I think so. Yeah, that's what it was. He sprained his ankle fielding a, a bunt ground ball. It, it was a Friday afternoon game. I, I kind of remember where I was. I can't, there was some weirdness going on here. It's frustrating. Another frustrating game. So Ian Happ is playing first base. What could uh, possibly go wrong? Goldschmidt walks. Ozuna walks. Steve Ciszek coming in. Why not? Steve's fresh. He has only pitched the last 14 days in a row. He walks. Matt Carpenter. Bases loaded. Nobody out. Yachty. Weak ground ball between short and second. Right? Is it is it is it my prejudice or or is it accurately a memory that it was the most seeing eyest of singles? Or is there so I feel like somehow for like the la- one of the last times Yachty or pulled some devil magic. I don't know. There's Goldschmidt and Ozuna. The Cardinals go up two to one. Uh C gets DeJong to pop up and Harrison Bader to fly out to right. Joe brings in Brad Wick. Hey, he was actually healthy enough to yeah. pitch once. And um, he gets, flying Matt, Wick he gets brothers. Matt Weeders out. And then, uh, let's see, do the Cubs? Uh, they rallied in the seventh? Yeah. Um, they had runners yeah, they, in second and third with two outs. They loaded and Johnny Brebbia got Brian no, to fly they, out. They loaded the bases. Yeah. Oh, they did? Yeah, Bryant flat out deep. It's just frustrating. Hayward Horner and Cassianos were on. Um, Rowan Wick pitched around a walk, two walks and a single. Nobody scored, and they didn't. The Cardinals didn't score in the eighth. Um, Schwarber singled the lead off the eighth, but Tracy in a double play. In the ninth, Derek Holland walked uh, Dexter and then picked him off, and he struck out okay. Tommy Edmund. And then Strobe came in and got out of the inning. And in the ninth, down one, uh, Hayward popped up to short. Surprised he hit it that far. Nico uh, <laughs> popped out to short. His was a line drive, it says. Then Tony Kemp walked, and Ben Zobris grounded out, and the Cubs lost. So now they well, are... Can salvage two out of four? Yeah. Let's see. They this were only two games out day. on the Sunday before. Now they're on Saturday, and they're, they're five out, hoping not to go six out. Things have gone. This is We are in the middle of the collapse right here. Oh God! Well, well, oh, this God. is the when you say five and six out, they're five and six out of the division. Right, race. they're still on the wild card. And race. Yeah, in the wild card race, I think they're not too far behind where the likes of Milwaukee and Washington are. They just got to stop blowing games. Uh, so this is the Sun Saturday game, Saturday, probably yeah. on uh, what time? One twenty. So it's local. It's yeah, not on Fox. I feel like there were some rain delays and shit. It was gloomy yes. out. Cardinals score in the first. Cubs get three in the bottom of the first. Cardinals get one in the third and three more in the fourth. The Cubs get two in the bottom of the fourth. So they're down. So they're it's tied at five. Cubs go ahead in the sixth. Um, six to five. Cardinals score twice in the top of the seventh. The Cubs battle back and they tie it. Let's see. How did they tie it in the seventh? I remember watching this live and thinking Marcelo this was Zuna like... had to hit a two-run homer off Kyle Ryan, who was out picking up golf balls. Um, to go up um, seven to six. Oh, the Cubs had a lead. I can't do math. So the Cubs down by a run in the seventh. Schwarber struck out. Zobris doubled. Tony Kemp. Uh, well, Giovanni Gallegos balked Zobris to third. Tony Kemp homered. That a boy. Yep. Yes. Yep. And Wrigley's wild with ecstasy. The Cubs are up Tony, eight little, to seven. Little Tony Kemp pulls it out for us. 
Brad Wick pitches around a hit-by-pitch in the eighth, the bottom of the eighth. Uh, the Cubs don't do anything. So here we go. Craig Kimbrell, no. second uh, appearance since he came off the disabled list. Yeah. Going to nail this down, save things for the Cubs. Uh, the All first pitch it. he threw, uh, Yachty hit a home run to center field. The second pitch he okay, threw, Paul DeYoung <laughs> hit a home run to center field. I there, thought Goldschmidt factored into that, but I had the wrong Paul. Well, there was a there was a stretch there where Paul DeYoung hit a home run every time he was played at Wrigley, yeah. and that's long gone. <sighs> so Carlos Martinez came in to try to close it in the ninth. He walked Bryant. Um, oh, the incredibly talented Robel Garcia struck out. Who knew Robel would strike out? Ah, oh, remember Robel? I remember Robel Garcia. I, Garcia. I remember that little. Yep. Zobris oh, he was like a out. Mexican League guy or something, yeah. Zobris lined out, and Javi struck out then again. And it Javi, gets worse. Javi was back. Um, he only played but a few games, right? And his, he was broken. He should probably not have been out there. They, they, no, you know, he shouldn't have been. And well, I remember he the, came up, and the place was going crazy, because I don't think he had – I'm going to have to look. I don't think he had played. And they were like, they, you know, they're like, hey, Javi is available off the bench. And then they used him, and that's it. I think at this point in the season, didn't wasn't there some report that came out from one of uh, Addison Russell's former partners that like confirmed that he had done what was alleged, and that because of that he was put on the restricted list and wasn't available to play. I, that sounds about right. It does. I don't remember sure. the whole saga of if it happened to him twice or not. It probably did. We were by then. Everybody just wanted him to go away. But that killed the Cubs and the fact yeah, that they both, had both Javi and Kimbrel were shut down on September first. And then Javi came back. Ironically, they both played on the nineteenth and the twenty first. <laughs> Javi came in and um what did he do? It looked like he didn't bat. He used to pinch run. That's a good thing, guy with a bad foot. Um, and then on the game on the nineteenth, then the game we just said he came he um he pinch hit in the ninth and struck. He would only play – he would play the next day. He would play the Sunday, and then uh, he would play twice more, but he never played more than an inning in any of those games. I believe there's a fourth game to that Cardinals series. There, I mean, there was. This was one that I was in attendance for yeah. in the Blue Darvish. I think I remember too. Like there was a big to do uh, because the thing was announced either the night before or earlier that day before the game that it would be uh, Gary Pressy's final game as Cubs organist. Oh, how sad! Yeah. Um. Another gloomy day is what I remember. Yep. And like, but they're not dead. So I'm getting like real 2004 vibes here because it's like yeah. so this is they have the they have like these. Bryce Harper punches, but they're, they can still win these games. And yeah, they're so constantly. This one's, this one's you, you Darvish against Miles Michaelis. That's the uh, that's the Mark Pryor yes. analogy. This is where the 2004 analogy yes. of this game is the Mark Pryor strikes out 17. You yeah. Darvish this pitched is, eight Dar- Dar- this day, I remember. We need Darvish to just salvage it, and he does. He absolutely steps up, but the offense, again, doesn't score. You or they eight do, and third, but... gave up seven hits and three. And, well, I ended up giving up three runs, but eight and a third, seven hits, struck out twelve. 
and he yep. had the Cubs had a sure. one. What is it? They one nothing lead. Go to the top of the ninth. One nothing lead. Cubs had a, well, Cubs had a yeah. two nothing lead in the in the top of the ninth. But before it's we the, before we get to the ninth, check what Chris Bryant did in his first plate appearance. If I remember right, he grounded out to short or third and slipped on the bag. And I don't think he played another game the rest of that season. And I thought it was going to be like another career he was, he jeopardizing was by, injury for him. He was hit by a pitch his first time, and he survived to come back in and hit into a, thir- uh, a five a five four three double play in the third. And he and may have been taken out. Replaced at third yeah. by Ian. Right after that. So good God, call, Ian. Fucking so hell. Every time he out. shows up, it's bad news. It is. Yep. It is. No wonder we hate that guy. That's a good call, Mark. Sorry. So, so, sorry to take us away from what happened no, no, no. in the ninth inning. That's a key point. Um, uh, yeah, because what, what baseball reference is going to show you is that Jose Martinez, that, that long-arm freak, it's a leadoff triple off of you. But that is an – I will just tell you, and I'm going to try to find it on YouTube, but that is an absolute misplay by Almora. That was when I – because, like, Andy, you might even remember, like, I, I was still defending Almora. I was getting bitchy. Yep. Like, like, like – because he could still like he had he had good routes even though he was slow he was a decent outfielder and he just still misplayed about was like all right we know you can't hit anymore right I, I don't harbor any illusions that you're gonna help this Tim and offense but the least you can do is fucking flag down a ball that your pitchers you know pick him up he's in busting his ass all game and he just he misplayed it like a goof all like he just gotten so bad that even his defense is worthless and that was it they you know and that was Darvish had to come out of the game because of his incompetence. If you're actually able to find this clip on YouTube, too, of Jose Martinez hitting that triple, you might see me in that because I was actually sitting on the right field side of the bleachers in, like, the first or second row at the time. And I remember, like, at first, like, expecting that Almora had caught it and almost celebrating, and then I hear the rest of the crowd groan. I'm like, what? What just happened? Oh, my God. Yeah, and the season was basically over at that point. I mean, maybe they did us a favor because they were skidding anyway, but it's like you just win a game here, yeah. for Christ's sake. The, so in the bottom of the eighth with the Cubs up 2-1, uh, Darvish hit for himself. Mitch, because we just detailed how awful the bullpen was, you can see why he was still in. He grounded right. out, then Rizzo singled, and Javi Pinch ran for it, which I just find crazy. I think Javi was out because of a he hurt his wrist or something, right? But it, he had the bad foot. Which had hurt him, so him running was just stupid. Um, then Castellanos lined out, but Hap singled, so they had to go to the bullpen. They went to Tyler Webb. Um, how do you tie your ties, Ty? And um, Ty Webb. Schwarber lined out, so the Cubs didn't score, and that necessitated a flurry of Joe Madden moves. Uh, Hap went from third to first. Bodie uh, went in to play third. Castellanos moved yeah. from right to left. Elmora came in for Schwarber, which moved Hayward from center to right. And um, and then rewrite. Jose led off, pinch hitting for Tyler Webb and tripled with an asterisk. Tyler O'Neill ran for him. <clears throat> Dexter tied the game with a sack fly. Who? Dexter, traitor. Then Edmund singled off you, and um, Edmund stole second with Goldschmidt up. Um, Goldschmidt hit a double off you, which scored Edmund, which gave them the him the lead. Strobe came in for you. <clears throat> Ozuna walked, and then Molina and 
Jairo Munez both struck out. In the ninth, the Cubs... Uh, Zobras popped out. Contreras struck out. Hayward singled. And then Nico flew out to center. The Cubs lost. Yep. And I remember reading that was like the first time the Cardinals had swept a four-game series at Wrigley since like pre-World War II or something like that. All right. Which, yeah. And they, they Specifically a four-game series. Yeah. And the Cubs led in the ninth in three of them. And then last one in the tenth. That was five to four, two to one. I did in the ninth and, and one of them. Then they went to Pittsburgh. <clears throat> Were they going to get right? And they got swept. Yep. Still 0-4. So then Friday they come back. They beat the Cardinals 8-2. to After the game, Joe Madden informs his team he's out at the end of the season. Yeah. End of an era. Those games I remember being still meaningful for the Cardinals. I think them and the Brewers were battling it out at that point for the division. Whoever didn't get it got the wild card. Sorry to make you look up a million things at once here, Andy. Um, I did find a clip. Uh, Amor doesn't look that ridiculous, but, you know, bad jump. I dropped it in the the, uh, Twitter group chat. Saw that. Uh, That The Cardinals ended up two games ahead of the Brewers, seven games ahead of the Cubs. The Cubs missed the wild card by, let's see. Because the Nationals won 93 games. The Cubs were. Honest to God, I feel like this was a competition for 20, like comparison to 2023. Like 04, 19, and 23 are all these like true late season, just absolute collapses. I don't know. I'm almost, I'm almost getting confused because I've been drinking beer for how long have <laughs> we been doing this? Three hours? Two, three, uh, two and a half. I'm pushing it, yeah. Um, <laughs> just, I was just looking because this was the Cardinals made it to the second, made it to the NLCS, but they in the uh, DS they had a decisive fifth game against the uh, Braves in Atlanta. And they blew them out. They scored that's right. Ten runs in the first inning. Yep, I remember that. Enjoy it. Uh, is Didn't that last. Of, that wasn't future Cub Sean Newcomb, was it? That was Mike Fulton Nevitz. Yes. I thought you were going to say current White Sox, uh, Mike Soroka. But, ooh. Uh, well, that was, and that ended up obviously being literally the end of an era. That was it for Joe. And we got, they couldn't yep. wait to get to the great David Ross, who was going to fix all this stuff because what this team really needed was more rules and more batting practice. That was why they weren't. And so they got rules and they got batting practice and then they fired him. So. And I will say in Ross's defense that in his uh, record-matching five years as Cubs manager, he, too, uh, has presided over a collapse. So, you know, you can't I, take him to the playoffs. He had a collapse. Every Cubs manager gets at least one, it seems like, except for, I don't know. you know, Dale Swaim and Rick Renteria. I don't <laughs> Well, in the modern era, we got we got uh, Baylor had a collapse. We got Dusty's collapse. We threw in loose collapse. Yeah, I guess you're right. We kind of uh, not Quaddy. No di- Mike Quaddy didn't. Yeah, Quaddy didn't. Well, no, whole second uh, yeah. season was a collapse from the very beginning. right. And there's That's no true. Dale Swain collapse and no Renteria collapse because Renteria is actually part of the ascension. He just didn't know it. Yeah, so you have uh, to go. But, 
Uh, Zimmer never had a collapse. Nope. I mean, no, 91 was just uh, underachieving since from opening day. So that's the closest you'd come for him. You wouldn't count Jim Lefevre in 93, right? No. They never they really actually contended. They, actually they, went like got 20 and, they actually went 20 and 7 or something in September to finish 500 for the first time ever in Andy in my lifetime without winning the division. Uh, and he still lost his job. I had Lefe- I had Lefevre fever. I'll tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So I, I think in. Well, I don't know. If I was going to say that, maybe this one was more like this last year, even than 04. Uh, but I don't think it was. I think it's worse. I think so, too. Because this is like the beginning of the end of the World Series core. That's true. Where, yeah. as, you yeah. know, 2023, for as bad as it was down the stretch, this was kind of like the first step towards something that we hope could be good. And in spite of the fact that Arizona went to the series, I mean, you really think this team was built to do that? Unlike the 04 and the 19 Cubs. Yeah, the 23 Cubs would have played the Brewers in the first round. And gone home. <laughs> I think. I don't know. It's because, Maybe. because of Woodruff's injury. Oh, they couldn't beat um, and they, they had the weird thing where they would actually beat Corbin Burns, like, like the like Cubs handled three Corbin. times. Corbin. Yes, they don't hit Freddie right. Peralta at all, so that would have been a problem in Game Two. But um, well, the fact that they kept hitting Burns' ears back just means that at some point they're not, and it's probably going to happen. It would happen in an opportune time, like the playoffs. Like, like it would have been the reverse, Dwight Gooden, where like. The, Maybe the, the first t- the, the first time the Cubs faced him in '84, they they did well against him, and then never again. Well, you know, the Cubs did well against Corbin Burns historically, but the one time it was the most important to in the playoffs, he probably would have come up big. Well, you're saying that like, like going up against him in the season opener in the end of June in in a pandemic year isn't an important July. Yeah, July. Oh, yeah, July. <laughs> It was beautiful. It's like 80 degrees on opening day. Um, yeah, yeah, I remember that. And then even say they had gotten past the Brewers, um, they would not have done to the Dodgers what the Diamondbacks did. Um, they might have been Probably able to play Kershaw, but they would yeah. have, the Dodgers would have uh, scored runs against the Cubs, and that would have been the end of that. And then you know, so the biggest argument, and you don't I, to the to Cubs fans' credit, I don't hear a lot of people making it. This idea that only a game worse than the Diamondbacks, and they went to the World Series. The thing that flies in the face of that is you played them seven times in September and they beat you six times. Six times, yeah. Right. So it's not like you weren't close. You literally proved on the field that you were not close to the Diamondbacks. They were significantly better than you. Because um, had you won simply three of those games, you could have still had a losing record against them. You would have gone to the playoffs, and you didn't. So so I think we agree 19 is slightly worse than 23 because of a lot of those factors. Yeah. I mean, As it collapse. 19, like, <clears throat> the 19 Cubs actually have more of an excuse, right, with the injuries. Yes. Like and, you said, Baez and, you know. Well, in you a, can an also excuse, but... say they had better players. But I guess if those guys are hurting and not in the lineup, they don't have better players. The thing is, though, it was kind of a self-inflicted excuse because of how, un, you know, it, how much Ricketts tightened the 
purse strings for the first time in a while that offseason before. Yes, they should have had depth, and they didn't have it because they decided they didn't want to spend for it. And that's what happens. Then guys get hurt, and you don't have anything to back it up. I mean, they got it. And how bad would they have been if they hadn't made the trade for Castellanos? Yeah. He hit unbelievably well, and they still still couldn't win. Remember the the Pakota projections going into that season had them only winning 79 games? They don't make that trade for Nick Castellanos. Maybe that comes true. 19, I remember that. Yep. Yeah. So it comes. So for at least the last quarter century, it comes down to 04 and 19, then, sounds like, comparing the two. Yeah. Um, A lot of similarities. Yeah, the only, and it's funny, the only one of those teams that brought their manager back was uh, was Dusty. Right. Joe was gone and Ross is gone. Well, 01, Baylor was back in 02, but among the ones that, like, are the... Months. We think these are the three most similar. Right. Yes. The three worst. The three worst collapses in the last 25 years. I think we got that 04, 19 this past year, but this past year gets eliminated between 04 and 19. Between those two, 19 was really breathtaking. They both were breathtaking at the end. And you just, I don't know, I'm prejudiced, but uh, I try to give it some objective thought. But to me, it's always going to be 04. Well, and it just felt like because they had been in the playoffs in 15 and 16 and 17 and 18, that they were just going to figure it out and make it in 19. Right. Even right. as you were starting to go down the stretch and the wheels were falling off. Yep. They weren't, they would never fall far enough out of the wild card race that you would be like, oh, we're screwed. He's like, okay, they'll figure it out. And then they just never could figure it out. Yeah, it was kind of sudden. Like, we didn't expect it, even though five years earlier they sucked ass. We thought we'd go to the playoffs like 10 years. But 04. Yeah. At least. Uh, I mean, they haven't been back since. Well, since 19? Yeah. Well, 20. Oh, I forgot. Come on. 20 Come on. Does 20 count? Really? There was an extra playoff team. He only played 60 games. The Cubs had a hey, losing they... record from the 17th game of the season to the end of the season. I mean, I know it counts. They won the division. Ooh. They did win the division. The Central I guess the one four teams, and they combined to win one game. One game. Cardinals and the against Cubs, Padres. And the, the, the Cubs scored one run. I think the Reds only scored one. No, Reds got shut out the they whole any. time. That's right. They had that yeah. ridiculous That's extra right. inning game to start it against the Braves. That's and right. then I don't know how many of the Brewers scored. The Cardinals did. The Cardinals actually blew. They blew. They got up one nothing, and then blew the two games to the Padres in spectacular. That's fashion. right. Yep. And Trevor Bauer won a Cy Young over you, despite the fact yeah. you was better. I mean, I think and they you wish they could reassign that now. I, I remember you and Fells talking about this when he was part of the podcast, saying that like. Kind of unfair that they even awarded an MVP and a Cy Young that year when you're not playing the entire National League and the entire American League. Well, and the couple offense wasn't good. Remember, they couldn't find a DH that could ever get a hit. They had they had the great Jose Martinez, and he didn't get a hit. Uh-huh. He never got one. Um, uh... I remember making the case that the one of the reasons you deserve the the uh, Cy Young over Bauer is that you didn't get to pitch against the Cubs. Like Bauer pitched against the three times, I think. It's like, yeah, Cubs exactly. don't have an offense, and you doesn't get to pitch against them. It's not fair. 
Because I think Look, he, Burns or Woodruff, I think, finished third, right? And the Cyan that year, it was all – everybody in the Central. And it's because actually none of those teams could really hit. Right. You know what would have clinched it for you is if he did something that you suggested around that time. Pitch left-handed. In, yeah, just pitch left-handed on his off days. Yes. <laughs> so I, he, he cannot retire without at least pitching to one batter left-handed. He can't exactly. do it. I mean – just for fun, he throws bullpens left-handed between starts. And apparently he throws in the high 80s with a good breaking ball. I, just, I need to see it. Why would you have that talent and not use it? It makes no sense. I'm just imagining that if you're a kid that was born in 2012, you're probably just a little too young to remember the 2016 World Series. But if you're into baseball, you probably remember 2019 and 2023. Yeah. Just throwing that one out there. Mm-hmm. Maybe even 2010. You might not even... You, you would have known about the Cubs in 2016. Hmm. Just imagining on the other side of the World Series. You've got Jose, Jose Martinez, 0 for 21 for the Cubs. Wow. He pulled a Maldonado. I thought somehow he had gotten one hit. I mean, at least Josh Fegley was 1 for 16. Josh Fegley. <laughs> uh, Billy Hamilton had 300 for him. He was 3 for 10. Ugh. I remember. Vaguely, yeah. Billy they have Hamilton so many guys thing. on here because the, the roster was big, right? Because of like the COVID. Oh, you're talking about 2020. Vargas, Steven Souza Jr. got yep. released in the middle of a doubleheader. That's just the, one of my favorite things. <laughs> and Ross kept using Victor as the DH. And it's like, he can't hit. Just stop. All right. One last I, rem- one. I remember it's that. nothing uh... to do with the rest of this podcast, but I want to see what Cubs DH is hit in 2020 because I know it's going to depress me. Talk about a collapse. Well, I remember, I remember that you caught, uh, or Victor caught you very well yes. during that Cy Young runner-up. What's well, way went to San uh, Diego campaign? They went, they went to San Diego together, and That's it right. pissed me off that like they could only acquire a bunch of guys who had never even played in a professional game at that point because there was no minor league season in 2020. You know, they should have got more value for trading away the Cy Young runner-up and his personal catcher together in the same deal. Cub doesn't hey. does any hitters in 2020. Hit 192, oh, 312, 318. Like, Dave, That's... do you know what a designated hitter is supposed to do? But honestly, the Cubs didn't hit for shit. They were, this offense was embarrassing. They were, out of 15 teams, they were 13th in hits. Uh, 10th in runs, which is actually not as bad as I thought, but it's bad. They led the league in strikeouts. Uh, anyway, I'm selling you. That's why you should have won the Cy Young. So you didn't get to pitch against that juggernaut. Their best hitter was um, Jason Hayward. And he only hit for like three weeks. I think Ian Happ had a pretty good year. Yeah, like Happ a pretty good... Really good year. Happ and Hayward. Yeah. Happ had a 131 OPS right. plus and Hayward 129. All right. Well, there you go. Everything you ever want to know about Cubs collapses from, 19, from 2001 to the present. I can't wait to do two and a half more hours with Frank. And, I know. <laughs> and the compliment. That'll be a great Technically, one. there might be a few more seasons. Yeah. Well, and he's going to, we're not going to remember any of this shit, so he's going to have to <laughs> carry the load. Put it in right. the can. Good times, guys. Well, yeah, thanks, guys. good times. Thank you. Many of us have herpes. This fitting has got to be done with one of the best games of all time. Just unbelievable. Got to congratulate the, uh, the Dolan family.